listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny. And I'm your co-host, Kaylee. Today, we are on uh, episode 76, wow. and we are talking about Final Fantasy IX. Yay! It's finally here and gone. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, Final Fantasy VII hit, and I had that same feeling. Like, I didn't even want to start it, because I knew I, that once exactly, I started it, yes. we would it b- fly through it. And Final Fantasy IX, not only did we fly through it, but we extra flew through it, because we only spent a month on this game. Yeah, we... Where the past few Final Fantasy games we've been giving two months for, just to give us a little more wiggle room and this time we didn't and i mean we we made it just barely mind you but we did make it do you remember what your final game time was it was 38 hours and 20 minutes all right mine was 50 oh wow. like almost exactly well, 50 I had hours the fast forward thing right so and I- the yeah, we'll talk about it. But the battle system's really slow, so for you to be able to fast forward through some of the battle stuff makes it a lot easier. Where I didn't have that luxury. I did have the unfortunate times where my game froze on me, though. Really, a lot actually. Really, I don't know if it's because I was because I was utilizing the fast forward when I was like level grinding, especially. Yeah. And it always seemed like it would be during that time where it would crash, and it would like I would lose almost all my progress of level grinding from where I last saved, and that was that pretty. Sucks. Yeah. Was, I like, had a few times. times where I died while I was level grinding, and then I was ticked off because then I'd have to redo a bunch of that yeah. stuff. But I mean, obviously, I didn't. I didn't have any problems with the game freezing. But I was playing on original hardware where you were playing the Switch yeah. version. So let's talk about that a little bit. The game was developed by SquareSoft back when it was SquareSoft, and now it's Square Enix, and it's been re-released a few times. It was originally released for the PlayStation in 2000, then it was re-released and remastered uh, recently for the Switch, the Xbox One, and I think the PS4 as well. The PS4 version was released in 2017, which that might have been just like a re-release. Uh, but then it was released on the Switch and Xbox One in 2019, and that, I think, was the yes. remaster. But yeah, so I played the original PlayStation version, and you played the remastered version on the Switch. Did you know that they came out with the physical edition of Final Fantasy IX for the Switch? I saw it uh, in the middle of playing this game, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was like, oh, I want that. <laughs> I, I know, I felt the same way. Like, I have 7 and 8, but it's like, I need 9 yeah. now. <laughs> like, I need this. It was only in development for, like, three years or something like that. Like, they started it right after finishing Final Fantasy VIII, and they rolled straight into starting Final Fantasy IX. So I think it was, like, Final Fantasy VIII was released in 1998. So then, you know, 98, 99, 2000, it was only a couple years. But you can definitely tell the difference between, uh, really, all three of them, seven, eight, nine huge like drastic um not not just graphically but like complexity too the depth of the like s- the strategy behind everything they really developed their yeah. they honed their skills squaresoft honed their skills during this era final fantasy 7 was very old school 
and Final Fantasy IX is very modernized. Compare, you know, comparatively, right, yeah. you know. Um, so we're gonna do the best to go through our story. Kaylee has been given Yay. the task to, to go over the story this time. I did Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII, so it's only you do ninety percent of all the stories. So it's only proper that she gets to talk about nine. Granted, <laughs> how many times have you played this game? Oh man, who knows? I will say though, it's been a while. Yeah, and you kind of forget the order of things sometimes so for me the last time i played this game was 10 years ago and we talked a little bit about it when we first started the podcast that it had been a few years before i played through since i had played through all the final fantasies and here now it's been five years since we started the podcast it was about five years since it was five years before the podcast so here now i haven't played final fantasy 9 in about 10 years so for me to revisit it, like, I knew a l- the majority of the first disc, I knew, like, the back of my hand. After that, it started getting real hazy, and by the end of the game, I had no memory of yeah. what was what was going on. <laughs> like, I'm sure that when I played it ten years ago, I was just plowing through it to get it done. But this time through, especially streaming it, I feel like I'm absorbing more of the game. I have very little, like, idly playing it. I used to just sit and watch TV and play Final Fantasy on my lap, and I'm I'm not doing that now. When I'm streaming, I am focused on the game unless something's going on in stream, right. but it's otherwise just me focusing on the game. And there's no other distractions, there's no other thing that I'm doing like watching TV where, you know, it's just the game. So I, I'm absorbing the game a lot better doing it that way. But I definitely feel like I understand this game a lot better than I used yeah. to. I think it takes, and I, I, I think I said this for 7 and 8 too, it takes maturity to yeah, really understand true. what's going on or just to comprehend and grasp the full story. This one, I feel like near the end, you really have to keep up with what exactly is going on, especially near the yeah, end. Yeah, I was confused towards the end. We'll talk about yeah. it. But, like, there are some topics that they bring up about life in general that it gets really deep. Yeah. I feel like that we appreciate that more as adults, but it really makes you feel something for the characters. Yeah. And it really makes you think. And again, being adults, I feel like we can grasp that a little bit better than maybe when we were kids growing up. So, but let's let's do what we can to kind of talk about the story. And so, you guys who ha- maybe it's been ten years, maybe it's been twenty years, maybe it's been twenty-one <laughs> years for you since you've played this game. But we'll we'll do what we can to kind of summarize it to some degree. We typically go through way more details than we should. If you wish to skip the story, I'll put a t- timestamp down in the description where you can skip to that time and we'll just kind of move on to our thoughts about the story let's uh we'll go through the story so you start off actually you start off as vivi yeah that's right yeah um well you start off and there's this big ship uh airship coming into town and you start off as a little black mage kid um, and you make your way in because you've got this ticket for the play that's going on. I want to be your canary. I want to be your canary. I want to yeah. be a canary. Yeah. Yes. I always thought that it was cranny. I want to be your. I want to be your cranny. Well, the, the the ticket ends up being fake, so it actually says I want to be your crow. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> you know, you you take your ticket to the ticket master, and it ends up being fake, and he's pretty distraught about it. And you bump into 
a rat kid named Puck. And you, as this little black mage, you watch this play now from the rooftops. And so you transition into your main character, Zidane. That's when you... uh, You're on this big, like, theater ship. Yeah. You're in. This is for Princess Garnet's birthday. Right. Her 18th birthday. Or 16th. 16th, 16th birthday. Which is actually important for the game. It would have been better if she was 18, but, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, you go over your plan as your group, which is called Tantalus, um, and you go over your, your actual plan, which is to kidnap Princess Garnet. Um, so your team actually starts up the play, I believe. The goal of the Tantalus group, who's putting on the play, and it sounds like that they do this every year or every few, few years or something. It's, it's a big deal within the community of Alexandria, but during the play, they plan to execute kidnapping. The, the kidnapping, yeah. right. But they have to do it in time with the theater ship leaving. So, like, Zidane and Blank, they have this, like, epic fight. And then, like, after the fight, they kind of leave off stage. And that's when they go to execute their plan to kidnap the princess. So, you. Actually, you kidnap the princess, basically. She kind of goes willingly. See, here's the thing. Like, during the play, she's like, you can tell that she's bummed. And Steiner, her knight notices that she's kind of bummed. And she just kind of gets up and leaves. That's when she bumps into Zidane. She's, like, cloaked, so he doesn't really know. But he thinks that he recognizes her. And then he starts to chase after her. Well... He's chasing her, and she's running away, and Steiner, her knight, notices that she's running away from something, so he starts chasing Zidane, and they're all, like, chasing each other through the (laughs) castle, and then they end up, they find, all three of them find themselves back on stage on the ship, and they kind of improvise the play a little bit. In the middle of this, Vivi and Puck, who are watching from the rooftops and want to get a closer look are kind of caught by one of the guards. So they're running through the audience and they actually end up running up on stage. Puck escapes because he's not on the ship anymore. It's Vivi who's being chased. Yeah. And he makes it up on stage and he's kind of caught in the middle of this. Well, he fires off a fireball and it kind of catches Garnet's cloak on fire. And that's when the queen realizes that Garnet is on this ship too. Well, actually, uh, the clowns, Zorn oh, and yeah. Thorn, they come and tell her that she's gone and she's taken the pendant, which is this royal pendant. She, the way she takes it is, is that Garnet's running away, which like, technically she is. And she actually fires off a bomb at the Ye- theater ship right. as they're getting ready to kind of take off. Really, because she wants to stop the theater ship to right. stop the princess from leaving Alexandria. And it hits this, this bomb, and it's actually the bomb monster. Yeah, and you so you, cool. you fight it and all that stuff. It's cool. It's a neat sequence. But anyway, the bomb blows up parts of the ship, and you manage to make it past Alexandria before you crash land in the evil forest. And you got Vivi, Zidane now, Steiner, and... Garnet, the princess, yes. all on this ship, along with the entire Tantalus crew, right. which is like the boss and Blank, who's like part of the group. Blank, Marcus, Marcus, Sina, yep. Baku, the, their leader. So the Prima Vista, the theater ship, crashes into the evil forest. Princess Garnet's missing. 
I believe Vivi is too at this point. And Zidane goes back to the ship because he's been thrown off. And they kind of assess the damage. And um, Zidane is trying to find Garnet. The rest of the crew doesn't really care, wants to... I don't know. They, well, they're more focused on their men and all yeah, the injured. Yeah, they, they want to stay safe, and where it's only, risky going to find her. As far as they're concerned, Garnet is, is as well as dead. Right. Um, but you actually... You go out and you actually see them kidnap Garnet. Or the plant... The, she gets abducted by a plant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you go back to the theater ship and you decide... You decide that you're going to leave... You as Zidane decide that you're going to leave the Tantalus actual group. Right. So they are going their separate way and you're going to go and rescue Princess Garnet with Steiner and Vivi. You fight the plant, the plant starts to die and that decay turns into like petrify. And in the meantime, Blank shows up and is trying to give Zidane the medicine to give to... It's the map. Oh, is it the map? Mm -hmm. I thought it was the medicine. No, he sends him with a map because he knows that Zidane is going to be taking Garnet back or to wherever oh, they intend okay. to take him. Um, so it's just kind of like this last help, essentially. But while the forest is basically petrifying, a blanket's caught up in it. Yeah. And he is petrified, basically. He still manages to pass the map yes. off to Zidane. And Zidane, Steiner, and Vivi, and the princess managed to escape the forest where they camp out overnight. I think that this was the point where they realized that the princess wanted to be kidnapped, and Zidane was planning on kidnapping her anyway to take her to Lindblom. And that's where she was wanting to go too. So as a group, right. the four of them, Vivi tags along just because. Right. But they all decide to just go to Limblum. So all of them just kind of pack up and start heading that way using the map. Right. So they make their way through the ice cavern. And it's such a small dungeon. And the only thing that really happens is uh, your party actually reaches a point where they all fall asleep. They get caught up in a big blizzard. They start to freeze to death. Zidane manages to kind of wake up enough to realize that it's actually this like huge black mage that's causing the blizzard he fights the black mage who the had summoned this like sea lion oh yeah is it a sea yeah. lion i just was gonna call it an ice monster <laughs> but yeah so the black yeah, waltz the black waltz yep. and he was number one <laughs> he was number one he was number one <laughs> It's funny because he makes a point that he's the first. Right. And Zidane makes this like connection that there must be three. Because the waltz is one, two, one, three. Two, three. One, two, three. Yeah, right. So in any case, there's he was number one. Well, after the, the blizzard ends because the black mage is defeated, Zidane goes back and kind of resuscitates the rest of the group. And then they move on to the next town. Which is where they all decide that she's Princess Garnet, but she decides with the rest of the group that she can't just go around saying that she's a princess, that she can't have people knowing She that. can't be using her real name, because if she's using her real name, especially if she's wanted by Alexandria to be brought back, she can't be using her real name, so they decide... She decides that she wants to be given a different name, and that's why we've been calling her Dagger this yes. whole time. <laughs> so, and which this is early in the game, so through most of the game, you call her Dagger, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that her name is right. Princess Garnet, but like because 
in my game she is dagger my brain is just they call her dagger i call her dagger that's her name but yeah she like takes she wants zidane's knife and she's like what do you call this again steiner actually pushes zidane and it falls off and she picks it up and asks what it is and so she's like i understand from here on out which is a terrible name by the way (laughs) i know During the sequence, you can name her whatever you want. So she's like looking at the dagger and you name her like trash bucket. She's like, this makes me think of, you know what? From now on, I want to be called trash bucket. <laughs> you know, I mean, you it's can name her whatever. <laughs> um, so they make their way into a little village called Dally. D- Dally? I, I was think? calling it deli. I think I noticed like, you're calling it deli. I don't know yeah. why you're calling I just kept thinking of a sandwich shop. <laughs> that, that's what it looked like to me. It's Final Fantasy, you guys. Yeah. Like, everyone knows that Final Fantasy terms, names, names of places, names of locations and monsters. There is no right way to say it. Of course, depending on who you're talking to, it might be completely wrong no matter yeah, what, but true. there is no wrong way to say these names. There's no right way to say these <laughs> names either. So keep that in mind. <laughs> so you arrive at this place and you actually go to the inn, secure room, and your party splits up for a little bit, just resting and all that. And you kind of notice that for a village that is focused on farming... There's, there's no farms. There's like this itty bitty farm. Yeah, right. And there's no adults anywhere that you can see. And your characters, you know, you they're slowly as the day goes on, you can kind of tell there's yeah, like where's the adults? They're acting they they notice that there's a problem. They kind of go their separate ways to just explore this small little village. And in the meantime, the kids are noticing Vivi and they're like, What's he doing out here? What's going on with this one? And then they end up kidnapping Vivi, and the rest of the team realizes that Vivi's missing. And in their hunt to find Vivi, they manage to make their way down underneath the the village where they find this big machine that is turning mist into eggs. And the eggs are hatching and becoming black mages. And they're putting black mages into barrels, and the barrels have the Alexandria... Logo. Uh, logo on it Emblem. so this makes dagger very concerned as to what's going on in alexandria well, not only dagger but vivi vivi is completely well they had to rescue vivi a little yeah, bit he was locked true. in a cage or whatever but vivi is like just distraught because he has no idea what's going on why there's these other black mages Instead of getting caught by the group, by the um, the people running the yeah. machines, the adults, they yeah, <laughs> they um, get themselves boxed in the boxing machine, and they get stored and put on um, a, a like chocobo carriage where they're taken outside of the thing where they break out, and when they break out. They meet up with Steiner, who this whole time has been trying to find a way to take the princess back to Alexandria. Well, the group disagrees with going back to Alexandria, so they get on board the airship. They manage to try to turn around to go to Limblum instead. Now, the crew on the airship that's flying is all... Um, black mages and the black mages are unresponsive to any sort of anything so Zidane just kind of knocks them out of the way and starts steering the the thing anyway and that's when you come across another black mage where was black mage 2 the first one's in the ice cavern where's the second one at it really isn't even important to the story no it's not it's not at all I mean basically 
the black mages are show these black waltzes are showing up as ultimate beings and they're trying to take the princess yeah. back and each so the first one is just kind of whatever the second one which honestly was the weakest one in my yeah, opinion was. um but then he uh, while you're on this this airship full of manned by regular black mages you're actually confronted by the third and final Black Waltz, which is a little more powerful. He looks a little bit cooler, and he's all zappy-zappy. Yeah, he's pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, th- there's a lot of big cutscenes yeah. in this during this section, and they're all fantastic. <laughs> um, and this whole time, Vivi is having this like existential crisis. Yeah, like the the black mages on that are manning the airship are unresponsive whatsoever well, they were they were just producing them in the production underground and <laughs> right. dally so to find these black mages who are functioning he's trying to communicate with them and they're not responding at all to right him. right um so while your characters are turning around the ship to go towards Lindblom, this Black Waltz, who his main goal is to just capture Garnet and the Pendant. At, at bor- all costs. Like, he, kill everyone, yes. save the princess. Or bring the princess back. Kill everyone, bring the princess yes. back. Th- those are his orders. He gets aboard, and you fight him on the airship. He falls off and becomes like corrupted yeah well he's been banged up quite yeah a bit. right and and then he starts to malfunction where it's more of a kill 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 and he starts he he steals another airship which is zorn and thorn's airship yeah because they're following you and apparently. chases yeah i know <laughs> and chases the current airship towards limblum and for whatever reason, Limblum starts to close their gate. The party's airship barely squeezes by, and the Black Mage airship like blows up in the gate. It destroys the gate, too. And the party manages to make it to Limblum, where the princess is going to meet with uh, Sid. The regent. Regent, regent. Sid of, of Limblum. Dagger knows the man who greets you, because it's the minister. Minister Artania, I so believe. Is that his... Her uncle? Uh, that's how she refers to him. I don't know if he actually was. Oh, okay. Um, because she kind of refers to Sid as her uncle, too. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, but she she meets Artania, and he, he recognized her, especially because of the pendant, because it's the Alexandria pendant. Yeah, but I mean, also. Yeah. <laughs> so they go in, and they go to talk to the regent as the party, and he kind of comes out from behind his throne, and he's an oglop. Which, which is like a roach. Kinda. I always thought they looked like ladybugs. Yeah, they do. But I, the way that they talk about them as being this like resilient bug, yeah, kind of makes me feel like that they're <laughs> more like a roach. I feel like the. I agree with you. You're probably right. It's just, to me, a, a roach is so much grosser. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of people in this world that find oglobs disgusting. Right. So that's, that's kind of where I was coming with it, too. Zidane goes and actually goes into town because he can't stand the castle food. And he goes into a bar where he meets an old friend of his. And that's where you meet Freya. She is, she's a Burmesian dragoon. And the Burmesians are actually a rat race. So she kind of looks like a rat, I guess. She's actually really cool. I like Freya's design. Um, And they kind of, I don't know if they decide then and there, but they discuss about partaking in the festival of the hunt which yeah, zidane wasn't going to but he ended up doing it anyway and vivi's in the festival of the hunt too um he actually invites a girl out on an airship in oh, yeah, this bar right. 
Um, but he finds himself back at the castle and he's looking for, for Dagger. And he goes to talk to her and just about what's going on and stuff and accidentally talks about when they're going on their he's airship like, yeah, ride. He's like, yeah, so how about that airship ride? And she's like, uh, that must have been for yeah. another day. And he's like, oh. Well, he promises her, though, that if he wins the Festival of the Hunt, that he will take her out on a date. So they actually go through. You get to partake in the Festival of the Hunt, which was I think is awesome. I thought that was really? kind of a... I mean, it's not the best thing in the world, but I thought it was interesting. It, to, it's a fun mini game. I mean, it really is. Your your goal is to fight as many monsters as possible, and you get points for every monster that you fight. I lost by one point. Aww. Like I can't remember what the points... I can't remember what what the numbers were, but I think like... I think Freya won with 76, and I lost at 75. And I'm like, I, I was this close to, like, fighting more. I fought all the monsters. Because I had the speed-up thing, yeah. it didn't affect my timer. So Cheater. I got to take my time. Yeah, I mean, I would have been fine without it <laughs> yeah, anyway. But anyway, um, whoever wins, either it VB, Freya, whoever. So you actually go back to the castle... And on your way back to the castle, you actually have some other Burmesians run in, and they're badly injured. And he's explaining that Burmesia has been under attack, that they are not okay, and he's seeking help. He's talking about the Black Mages. Black Mages are attacking Burmesia, and that they're probably coming from Alexandria. So Zidane wants to go because Freya needs help. Freya wants to go because it's her hometown. Vivi wants to go because it's Black Mages, but everyone agrees that the princess should stay. And she insists that she does. And when they tell her, you know, this is war, you cannot just go in here. You're a princess. You don't she, deserve to yeah. be in a war. So she decides that, well, she will go and talk to her mother, that surely she can get this figured out. They decide after this, after the Burmesian who comes and actually dies, that they're gonna finish their their feast because there's nothing they can do at the moment. Yeah, they're gonna finish their. They're feast gonna celebrate the festival. The hunt. The preparations are being made to do what they need to do. And then they were gonna leave the very next day. And so while they're eating, they start feeling a little funny, <laughs> and they all start passing out. Well, it ends up being that Dagger has drugged all of their food except for Steiner's and hers. Um, so that she can escape with Steiner to go back to Alexandria. Yeah, so her and Steiner are fleeing to go back to Alexandria. The rest of the group wakes up, and Zidane, Freya, and Vivi go to Bermesia. You mainly follow um, Zidane's story from there, where they go to Bermesia, they realize that, yes, Black Mages are taking over the the city and the city is they're in killing rubble everyone. right they're killing everyone the black mages are just yes. wreaking havoc zidane and the group do whatever they can to help the people of bermesia and they make their way to try and find the king you kind of catch word that people are fleeing to the nearby town yeah 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 the, the, the like tornado yeah the tornado tree, tree. <laughs> And so the remaining survivors are fleeing to Slayra while you are trying to help evacuate the survivors. Oh, yeah. And you make your way back to find the king. And on their way to the king, they run into... Beatrix, uh, Queen Bronn, and Kuja. And actually, I don't think... The, is the queen there? Yes, she is. Oh. In the meantime, though, you actually are also seeing a little bit of where Garnet is with Steiner. But you actually run into Marcus and Cinna, who are on their way... To Trino, 
because they want to go get what's called the super soft to help their their brother blank. As Garnet, you actually decide that instead of going to Alexandria, that you were first going to go and help find the super soft because supposedly she feels responsible for this. Right, she does. Um, in the meantime, Zidane and the crew, you actually confront... Beatrix, Kuja, and Queen Braun. You fight Beatrix you fight specifically, Beatrix. and she just like demolishes you. your party. <laughs> to be fair, though, I was holding my own in that fight. I knew I was supposed to die, but you're not supposed to die until you you're supposed to die. Yeah, you can't die right away. You can't just let your let her annihilate your. Right? Party. Yeah, you have to. You have to die when she does her yeah. death move. It's funny because I was holding my own. I feel like I could have killed her I, if they'd let how me. I felt too. But yeah, there's a certain point where she just does this like big crushing move and annihilates your party. And you're kind of left. The last you, you there's this exchange between um, Kuja and Queen Bronn about they can't find the king, and that they're they're gonna try and find him, and that they need a more powerful weapon to try and hunt him down. So they leave, and your party is sitting there annihilated. The, this mystery man, Kuja, approaches your party, and there's this huge cutscene, and he's in he, his amazing outfit and his feather hairs. And he, he takes off on the silver dragon and flies off into the distance. And then you transition back to Dagger, who's on her way to Trino. Actually, you go to the auction house. She, she sees Kuja there. So I think this might have happened a little bit before this, but the transitions are so, like... I feel like they're happening at the same time, but not quite the same time. But in any case, she goes to the auction house where she sees Kuja. Oh, and she recognizes yes. him. Yeah. And so they're still trying to find where Supersoft is, and they end up meeting up with Beku, the the boss. Oh, yeah. Yep. And you decide, you guys as a group decide that you are going to help them break into some noble's house to steal this super soft, where you run into Dr. Todd. Right. Who is Garnet's, like, mentor, I guess? Mm, teacher. Teacher. Like, she, he, he's like her personal teacher and in the castle. They kind of explain what's going on, and he says, you know, I've, I've got a way for you to get to Alexandria. It's kind of this old-fashioned, old transportation. They go down into this, like, underground area where they pick a flower and summon this, like, ant creature that walks along the ceiling. Or, it's, or the vines. It's like a big vine. Yeah. It's probably part of the Ifa tree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, um, your, your party as... Dagger, Steiner, and Marcus. Marcus at this point, yeah. Um, You take the Gargant to Alexandria, where there is also another platform. I think even Dagger says that she has never seen this place before. Yeah. It's like underneath the castle. Yeah. And as they go in, they're actually captured. That's kind of the last you hear about it for a little bit. So then you transfer back to your party your part or your party with Zidane Zidane yeah. and they decide that they're gonna go to Slayra to try and help or see where the king is so you climb up this tree I don't know how they got in I don't know if it's just because Freya was a Burmesian or what because th there's a sandstorm around Slayra and your party gets in and climbs the trunk all the way up to where the town is 
and the town is peaceful at the moment or the 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 slayerins are like slow you know and just and they're they're very like and this is our magical yeah. forest <laughs> and the waters are pumped yes. up from the wind and the magic and it's beautiful and and we worship the tornado that surrounds us and these winds protect us very ethereal yeah. you know you go in to see the king and the king kind of shows freya about the the crystal Freya decides to be part of this like ritual of charging the crystal and, and yeah, doing charging the sandstorm to protect themselves. And I think that I'm sure that Freya is talking to the king about, you know, how Alexandria is coming, you know, they need to protect themselves. So that's why they're trying to strengthen the You watch this dance being performed with the Slayerins and they ask Freya to partake in this. Mm-hmm. And at the end of their dance, the strings on this harp, which is where the crystal is mounted, breaks. And they're like, oh, this is a terrible omen. And so your party goes out. I think they hear that something's not right at the bottom. So they go down to the bottom. And halfway through, they start running into Alexandrian soldiers. And so as they're fighting, they're starting to think this might be a trap. So, so they, they head back to the town, to the top of the tree yes. where, where the black, black mages, mages are, are they're like, teleporting, teleporting yeah. into the town and wreaking havoc yet again. So it ends up Beatrix is up there too. It ends too. up being that she takes the, the jewel that is on this. Beatrix heart, steals the jewel and the sandstorm disappears. Right. Which means that the rest of th- that they can start really attacking uh, so the the goal then becomes flee, get everyone out of there as quickly as possible. Yes. And while they're trying to escape, does the king die? No. No? Your party actually goes back up and is like escorting people yeah, out of the town. I remember that. And you can actually, you, your townspeople can actually die. Did you manage to save any of your I, people? I must have saved them all because oh, I never noticed any of them die. They can actually die. And you get, like, a certain item, I think, for saving Oh, yeah, I think I got, like, an elixir, which must have meant that I did okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you actually confront Beatrix again. She annihilates you again. But you watch her escape. Through a black mage. Because they're, like, in these little bubbles. Yeah, these black mages, like, transform into a bubble. And then Beatrix, like, jumped into the bubble. And then they, like, teleported. Yes. So they kind of take that same lead. And they and Zidane's to like, I'm going Beatrix. where they're going. So they board these bubbles. Because everyone's retreating. They finally got what they wanted. So the black mages are done. They're leaving. So they feel like it's comfortable to Cause leave. Because all they really wanted was that crystal. Jewel. Yeah. So... Your party is actually teleported onto the Red Rose, which is Queen Bronze sea ship. Main, yeah, is it a sea ship at yeah. this point? And yeah, and I don't s- think so. I think the Red Rose is an airship. Maybe it is. I'm pretty sure the Red Rose is an airship. So in any case, in it, any it case, is, they're on the ship and they kind of overhear Queen Bronze say, "All she wants is Garnet's pendant." They don't. She, at this point, she doesn't even care if Garnet comes back alive or dead. They overhear that they're doing something to Garnet. That they have yes. Garnet. They've extracted an uh, an Edolon, 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 um, which is one of the main summons from Garnet already, Dagger, and she actually summons Osmos. No, I think it's Odin. And it attacks Slayra and 
destroys the the trunk of this tree. Yeah, like literally decimates the entirety of the tree. It's there's nothing but a crater afterwards. Don't they jump back into the teleporter? And it takes them. And back it takes to them to Alexandria. And because they overhear that they've extracted all the Adolans from Dagger, and they're just gonna kill her at this point. She's no right. use. They see Beatrix climb into the thing to go back to Alexandria, so they follow lead and climb into this thing to use the bubble teleporter to go back to Alexandria, too. Basically, they're trying to beat Queen Braun from getting to Alexandria. And so they go to Alexandria. I don't even remember where they teleport to. I think they just teleport back to where Princess Garnet got kidnapped. That, like, same, the, like, fence thing. Because don't they get captured, too? And then Blank and Marcus, Marcus show up yeah. and rescue Zidane and all them from being captured. Steiner is going through a thing this whole time because his duty is to protect the princess and serve the queen to the best of his ability. So, like, this whole time he's been trying to escort the princess back to Alexandria, but here now he's finding out that the the queen is trying to harm the princess and he doesn't know what to do he doesn't know how to act he kind of tries to resolve himself by we need to protect the princess right well that is his duty right that is his and i think that's what zidane says what's your sworn duty right and he says you know it's to protect queen you know princess garnet um so so they rush down to find her at the altar where they've been extracting all of these Adolans from her. You fight Zorn and you Thorn. You fight Zorn and Thorn. And you guys actually decide to take the Gargant to just flee. I think their intent was to go either to Lindblom or Trino. But as the Gargant is going, it actually gets chased by one of these, like, worms. <laughs> yeah, this, like, monster thing. And you you go past where you want to land, and you actually end up in a place called Pinnacle Rocks. Right. And your party kind of, it's, it's not a good thing, but it kind of gives them a minute to just kind of breathe. And you run into... Rama Daggers lost her Eidolons, which is, like, her inner power. And because she's lost them, she feels empty now without them. She runs into Rama, and Rama challenges her to this quest thing to prove her loyalty or something. Anyway, he goes through this trial for her. She does it. She ends up obtaining Rama as a Eidolon again, and she decides that she wants to be the summoner that is kind of inside of her kind of been like suppressing them yeah up until this point and it's important to note that pinnacle rocks is just outside of Limblum. after your party has done this they kind of walk out towards Limblum. at this point this is when queen Braun has arrived at Limblum and is now summoning another one of her adolons which is Automos, the big like garbage right. mouth yep so you see Limblum getting decimated dagger at this point there's no doubt in her mind that her mom right. is doing this and that the queen is just taking taking out kingdoms after kingdoms after kingdoms to conquer whatever and she just doesn't understand she i mean how could she understand what the heck is going on so the queen is summoning this Atomos. It's destroying the city. It engulfs 
several of their people, their town, the the houses, and the black mages start invading. So it starts killing a lot of Lindblom's soldiers who were not prepared for this at all. Mm. The city basically is now under Alexandria's rule. You're really trying to make your way back to the castle, right? Yeah, and Vivi actually is like in the sidelines because he is a black mage, and they don't want the oh, townspeople yeah. to see and him. And the townspeople... Every time they see Vivi, they're like, and, and this kind of goes for the general area that you go to. Like when you're in Bermesia, same deal. Like people are like, oh, this black yeah. mage, you know, and Vivi's like, no, 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 I, I'm not I'm like them. <laughs> yeah. And so, especially here, now that the black mages have like taken over, Vivi is seen as this like black mage, and everyone's really anti black mage at this point. During the time that Alexandria is there, they're also taking all the supplies. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> they're taking all the supplies because they're actually making their way out of the continent to the outer continent. And you kind of run into Sid. And I think that's when they... Because Sid, the regent, everyone, they are just letting Alexandria do what they want. Because at this point, that's all they can do. Right, yeah. Um, Surrender, more or less. Yes. So... In the meantime, he's like, I can't do anything for you. Can't give you a ship. But there's rumor of other monsters from a different continent appearing in this area. And so your party kind of decides to go towards where Kuja is going, where Braun is going, and where wherever it is that they're going to just to to figure out what's going on. Basically, yeah, they're following yeah. them. So they end up at Q's Marsh where you run into Quinna. You can actually run into Quinna earlier than this. I don't know if you noticed that. As soon as you leave Limblum the first time to go to Bermesia, Q's Marsh is like yeah. an obvious place to go to. So you stop in and you can pick up Quinna then. Um, this part isn't as important, but you run into Quinna and that's it's just he, she, she, he is like an extra character yeah. that has some minor importance but not much it really well the only reason quinna joins your party is because they want to travel the world to find new food because quinna's race is like food eaters and chefs and cooks and stuff so like quinna's main focus is to go out and find more food zidane has an opportunity to do that so she just kind of forces themselves on zidane to go with right to travel well, and zidane's just like i guess well it's important <laughs> at this point oh yeah because... i guess if you don't have quinna before this point quinna is the like pivotal point of being able to show you where yeah, this they, area is at. they know where the area that you're looking for which you don't even know what the area you're looking for until they talk about this underground tunnel which is a place for excavation yeah for, for different were, places yeah and so you find this this tunnel which is uh that's fossil root yes so your party goes through there basically and you actually run into one of the hired mercenaries from queen Braun to find and take the princess's pendant whether she comes back alive or not and one of the mercenaries you run into, you actually have to fight her. Her name's Lanny. Do you remember fighting Lanny? Oh, yeah. yeah. She's she's awesome. Oh, you liked her? Yeah. Her, her, really cool. her des design yeah. is really cool. She's kind of a whatever character, but like... I would have preferred her to be, like, Garnet instead. <laughs> <laughs> or, honestly, I would have rather her join the party than Armorant. Or, or Am Amorant. Yeah, yeah, Amorant. Yeah, Quint. 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 
I don't know. She was really cool. She had a big axe and everything. <laughs> she had a big axe. Yeah, she did. <laughs> it was huge. <laughs> um, but it kind of did make it come across as more serious that Queen Braun does not care. Yeah, Garnet that's, that's very true. In fact, Lanny specifically targets out Garnet during your battle to really do heavy damage to her. Because until that point, the Black Waltzes who were trying to take her back were not attacking her. Yeah. But this time now, it's serious. Like, it's yes. more of a, we don't care we just about need the you. Pendant. We just need the pendant, yeah. Um, so you make your way out of, out of this area, basically, and you make your way, this tunnel re- goes from the current continent, where you are on Mist Continent. Under the water under the to water, the Lost Continent. To the Outer Continent. Outer Continent, There's yeah. There's four continents, and you are on the Outer Continent, and you make your way to... <sighs> Pretty much the only place there is to go, Conde, so you think. Conde Petty. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. That and kind of petty is this little like it's a it's this town built upon these roots. Yeah, and it's housing these dwarves. Rallyho, tallyho, rallyho. Ra- rallyho. That's an allusion to one of the older games. It's yeah, it's a throwback for sure to all, uh, several of the older games that have the dwarves in them. And they they do the rallyho thing. So, while you're in this place, you're just getting in there, and Zidane is like, this place is dumb. <laughs> you're just you're just trying to figure out if you can find any yes. information about Kuja, any information and about anything. You walk into one of the rooms, and you see a black mage. And this black mage is talking to one of the dwarves, sees you, a human, and, and runs just away. books it. Yeah. And so, when you ask around the town, they're like, ah, you mean the pinty hats? And they kind of explain that they come to trade and stuff. They give you a hint on where they live. Yeah. And that, that you have to follow. It's so deep in the woods that even the owls don't go. Which is to give you a hint on how to get to the forest. But in any case, you find your, you make your way to the forest to try and figure out where these black mages are coming from. What they're doing. If Trying to find any hints of Kuja or Queen Braun in any way. And when you finally make it to the village... You find out that the village is just full of black mages, and they're fairly harmless. They're they're sentient. Yes, they are talking. They seem to be conscious. They are not attacking everyone. They're pretty <laughs> much the same as Vivi. Yeah. they're just they're just. And of course, this makes Vivi just. I I don't want to say ecstatic, but I he, think he's, he, so many he's just like. My people. Yeah. These are my people. How how come are you guys... Why are why you are guys you here? <laughs> and come to find out that slowly the black mages that are being produced are becoming conscious and aware and flee. Because they don't natively want to do harm. They just... They're programmed to be a certain way. And when them... they become conscious, they escape yes. and they leave. So your party actually stays the night while Vivi is trying to uncover all of this. And you kind of find out too that the black mages are stopping. Yes. And there is no It's it's slowly slightly talked about because not all the black mages are aware. But Vivi goes to talk to one of the like the mages over by their cemetery and is like, What is this? And he's like, These our friends are in the you know, in the earth, and he's like well, why is he, and, you know, they don't have these proper words and they're just, they just stopped. Yeah. And now Vivi, who's been aware for much longer than the rest of the black majors, yeah. he understands that concept. During this time, Vivi's separated from your group, which is right at this point. It's just 
Zidane and Dagger. And Quinna is there. Qu- throughout this whole game, Quinna is there, but not really there. They always have Quinna, like, in and out, leaving. Where's Steiner? Oh, yeah. Steiner, Steiner and Beatrix were and left. Freya. in They were left to protect Zidane and... The town. Pr- the princess well, yes. from being captured while they fled. Yes, I get that. Sorry. So... While Vivi is doing all of this, Zidane and Dagger, you kind of get this moment and a little bit of backstory from Zidane where he explains, he he's telling it like a story, but basically he's telling the story of himself where he, because Vivi's trying to find himself, he's saying, you know, sometimes we have to find ourselves. And he goes, you know, I'm going to tell you about a man who tried finding his birthplace, but couldn't find that place. And so he found himself back to where he, this man, where had taken he was in. raised. Yeah. And, you know, you're just looking for a place to call home, which is kind of the theme a bit of the whole, the game. whole game, really. Yeah. And so you get a little backdrop, you know, backstory of Zidane, who has no idea where he's from or who his parents are. And the only clue he has is a blue light. Um, so they wake up the next day and decide to continue on, whether Vivi's, you know, under thinking that Vivi's going to stay. And he comes out to join your party and is like, you know, I've decided to go with you. I need more answers. So your party makes it back to Condapetti. And I think at this point you get a clue that Kuja is on his way on the other side of the continent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the black mages says that Kuja is on the other side of the continent. And the only way to get through there is to talk to the, um, the dwarves. And when you get back to that town, the dwarves are like... Yeah, no, you can't go through this door unless you've gone through the... The ceremony. The ceremony. And they're like, well, what's the ceremony? And they're like, well, when two people become united, then you have the ceremony and you go on to the sanctuary. And they're like, okay, well, let's just do it. And so Zidane and Dagger decide to go through with the ceremony and they just go on and they they get married. Essentially, that's exactly... They use a lot of the wording that you know, you would use when you're getting married, you know, and uh, so Zidane and Dagger get married and they move on to be able to go to the sanctuary. Quinna and Vivi, who is also in your party, they're like, um, should we get married too? I think you have the option yeah, if you I wanted to. it's just a bit of like comedic relief at that point. Yeah. They, they kind of have that throughout the game. Just yeah, they do. silly stuff. So yeah, you have the option of getting... I you, did. Did you? I always do. I do too. At the, at the middle, at the end of the ceremony, Quinna goes, I so happy. And Vivi's <laughs> like, me, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cute. It's cute. So in any case, they make their way past the um the town where they start seeing hints of Ico. Yeah, uh, you hear about the thief, thief. right? Yes. Yeah, they notice that there's a thief stealing things. As they're leaving the village, this thief gets almost caught and is fleeing out. And it's this little girl, and she's running off into the into the next area. You follow her, and she's caught on a branch. And you start to talk to her, and she's stealing for food or whatever. How does she convince the team to follow her to her place? I want to say that it was... They have a battle, I think, and she's able to use an Adolon. Because I think they're escorting Echo out at this point, and she's like super enamored with Zidane. Yeah, right. 
And so they they end up in this battle, and she uses summoning magic. It's forced. You have to do this. She just does it. Yeah. And so they talk about it. It's like, you know, that was summoning magic. Can you do that? And she's like, well, everyone at my village can. So then their goal becomes to take, yes. go with her to the village. She offers to make them dinner. Yeah. And yeah, she is infatuated with Zidane. She offers to make the group dinner. So they all go to her village, and that's when they start realizing there's no one else in the village. Well, you kind of see the Ifa tree as you go by, too, and you kind of learn that from Iko. She's like, it's sealed. You can't go in there. Yeah. Um, but that's, yes, she, I think she says at one point, yeah, that's the way to the to the Ifa tree, but it's sealed. You can't yeah. go there or whatever. So yeah, you go back to the village where she makes dinner and your party kind of takes a break and separates again. And yeah, Dagger is like, this place is awfully familiar right. and there's something, you know, something's not right with her. She's just kind of not sitting right. And Vivi Vivi's is still in a daze of... At this point, he already realizes that he's been mass-produced to some degree, but he also now is dealing with this, like, I could stop at any minute. Like, there is no... Existential crisis. Right, yeah. Like, this (laughs) this poor 10-year-old kid is going through some deep crap. Like, this poor guy. Um, But Zidane kind of just offers this advice of just, like, just live every day, you know... To the best you can. Just keep just moving forward. It. Just do your thing. This is kind of where Iko too is like, I Zidane is the one for me. Like <laughs> I need to have Zidane as my husband, no matter what the cost. She ends up cooking dinner. While Echo's making dinner, she tells one of the Moogles to let them see the Adolan wall. Yeah. And so Dagger goes in there and is looking at all of them and is like these I know are these, these are yeah. Dolans. Like I know this. In fact, she even talks about like this is so familiar to me. Everyone except Zidane is in this like self-reflecting, and he's just kind of oblivious until this point. Yeah, he totally is. Your party goes back and has dinner, and they talk to Iko about taking them to the Ifa tree, and can, you know, can you undo the seal? And she explains that the seal. Is where, so when there's a, a summoning and it fails, well, the ritual that they do is they seal that summon there. And when that summon has failed, that's the seal that is in that, preventing them getting into the Ifa tree. So after dinner, she takes them to the Ifa tree and they actually go inside. And I mean, long story. Well, they, they get to the Ifa tree and they find that it's completely covered in mist and they are suspecting that the mist is coming from the tree not necessarily just around the tree so in inspecting this mist production they make their way into the tree and down down deep into the roots of the tree where they're following this like green light that's emitting from the bottom and they're trying to find Kuja really. Cause they suspect that that's where Kuja has been making these, uh, weapons of war. You run into what's called soul cages, that big tree you fight and the roots. He explains that there's souls being filtered down there and the mist is the byproduct of that. And the mist travels through the roots, which is why the roots are in mist, the mist continent, where that's where all the mist is. There's not as much mist where it's being produced on the surface. Right. 
so you end up fighting Soul Cage. By defeating Soul Cage, right, it stops right, right. the production of Mist. The Mughals come and tell Ikko something has been stolen. The gem of her yes. town, yeah. Which is the other crystal that really the queen is after. So you rush back, but Ikko is actually taken hostage by Lanny again. Um, and she takes her to the Dolan Wall. Your party runs up there and it's like, you have to give her back. You know, we need everything back. And she's like, you need to hand over the pendant now. And this, you know, this brat won't, I won't right, kill this yeah. brat or whatever. But in the middle of all this going on, you're actually interrupted by this, the scarlet haired man. <laughs> the flaming armor on. He's also referred to as the salamander, <laughs> but he has a big salamander tattoo on his arm. <laughs> and I never knew that in the original because it's so pixelated. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but you're, she's stopped by this large blue skinned red haired man and he wants to confront Zidane and, you know, he kind of tells Lonnie, you know, you need to go just give it back. And, and she's like, you know, we're in this together. We're mercenaries. Um, so you actually have this showdown one, one-on-one one -on -one. Zidane and this flaming haired guy. <laughs> I don't know. This part's so stupid to me. It's so dumb. The Armoron's whole thing is so dumb. You fight him. He loses. He's like, okay, f kill me. And Zidane's like, no. I mean, isn't it enough that you've lost? Just go on and live your life. And he's like, I can't. I can't. I have to, you know, I have to come I with you. I have to follow you. I Which have... never happens with rivals, by the way. <laughs> I know. If I beat up someone or if I get beaten up, I am not following them for the rest of their travel. <laughs> so he ends up just, like, joining your party to see what makes Zidane so strong. And you kind of learn more later. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but like, it doesn't matter. You do you? Did you ever notice the wanted posters in Trino? Yeah. Oh, did you? I don't remember seeing them oh, in my yeah. past I, game I, I saw them. Um. In any case, uh, he joins your party, and there's like this moment, I guess, when things calm down, where Zidane's looking for Garnet Dagger, whoever you want to call her. He finds her down on a boat. He joins he, the boat. He hears her singing. Yeah. And so they're on this boat and they're kind of having this like, I don't know, moment. Just a sweet moment. And that, that like, he he wants to protect her and help her with whatever, you know, whatever's going on. And they're on this boat in this like little like. Dingy boat. It, it's more like, there's this. I don't want to say it's a cove, but it's like this little spot where the boats are and it kind of drifts out. And as they're drifting out, Dagger all of a sudden is like, something seems familiar. And she mentions how it looks like the sun makes it look like the, the sky or the... It's on fire. It's on fire. Yeah. And she starts having these flashbacks from her memory of this, this place big, beyond... Yeah, this, this big, big eye in the sky. Yep. And she ends up passing out. And when she wakes up, she explains... I've been here. This is where I was before I arrived at Alexandria. And she's like, you know, I never really thought about it before, but she goes, I, I was not, I didn't grow up. I didn't originally come from Alexandria. It's like, then her memory is unlocked of yeah. remembering praying at the wall. And, um, but yeah, she, she finally realizes this is where I'm from. 
we were attacked at one point because you realize the town there's no one there it's just moogles and echo i mean it makes sense the whole time simply because you know that dagger can use summon magic right Ego can use summon magic the town is the you know city of the summoners like the idolin wall like it all makes sense from like an outside perspective but this is the point where she like concludes i am not you know an alexandrian i was born here and something happened to this town. At this point, they decide to go back to the Ifa tree. That's when Kuja arrives at the Ifa tree. He goes to the Ifa tree for like a first person view of it, I guess. That's what he's something like that to the effect of where he gets like the most vantage point of, of what's about to happen. And your party actually climbs up there and confronts him and is like, why are you doing this? And why are you here? And who are you? And why have you, you know, daggers, like, why have you done this to my mother? You get this flash to the to Queen Braun, who has also approached the Ifa tree from her boat. And Queen Braun has decided that she no longer needs Kuja. She really had just been using him for his power. And um, now that Queen Braun has these powers to summon Eidolons... It, she doesn't care anymore about Kuja. So Queen Braun is there to, and I believe Kuja has kind of devised this where to to attack the Ifa tree. Yeah, and Queen Braun summons Bahamut, which is an amazing. It is. Scene. Um, and she attempts to kill Kuja, and he takes off. Well, the eyeball in the sky appears again. And shoots it Bahamut. Takes, it takes over Bahamut. Yeah. yeah, it pretty much reverses whatever, whatever it is. So he now, does. now for whatever reason, Kuja has control of Bahamut and starts attacking the queen. It decimates her fleet. The ship you see it being destroyed. And Garnet, in the meantime, is trying to stop this. Your party's climbing down. It's this big dramatic running event. After they watch this all unfold. They're washed. I think they're washed ashore too. It's. I think no. I think that they just make their way to shore to see who this find they, the survivors. They find, they find her escape pod, and Queen Braun is on the shore, and she's dying. Your party takes Queen Braun, uses her escape pod, and goes back to Alexandria, where she's died. So now that the queen is dead, Garnet needs to. Crowned queen. Right. There's a, a little bit of a time gap where they're all back in Alexandria. They're waiting for the crowning of Princess Garnet. And, you know, everyone's kind of doing their own thing now. Steiner and Beatrix is helping Garnet get ready for this, you know, ceremony. Zidane is getting drunk. Because yeah. he's upset that after all these things that he's gone through with Dagger, you know, ultimately she's still the princess and he never really could have been with her to begin with. So why is he feeling this way? He needs to just get over himself. The funny thing is, on the reverse side, Dagger's... Dagger, Princess Garnet. Garnet yeah. um, she's very confused why he hasn't reached out to her so you're in control, I believe, of Vivi. And he goes in and is like, I want to go see Garnet. Or Dagger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in there getting drunk. And, you know, the Tantalus crew come in, too. And they're like, you know, you you can't just be moping around. You know, go go 
go talk to her. Go say something to her. And so Zidane gets up and is like, well, I'll go, but I, I don't, you know, I don't even know what to say, but we'll go. We'll go visit. And they go into the castle and they, you know, they run into Iko, who's being thrown out by Steiner. And they, they go to talk to Garnet and Steiner's like, I can make it happen, but just very briefly. And Garnet comes out and says hello. And they see her all dressed up in her, her gown and stuff. And then she's like, well, bye. Yeah. (laughs) she's busy. And Zidane really doesn't have a chance to say anything. He doesn't really know what to say. Yeah. And so he kind of decides that he's actually going to go partake in this card tournament in Trino. Oh, right, right, right. And so while Garnet is pretty much getting ready for her ceremony, they make their way over to Trino for this card game. Um, and that's where, during the card game, they run into Sid. Yeah, because he's partaking in this. He's he's the he's the champion. <laughs> but, like, under True someone else's someone name. Else. Yeah. yeah, it's silly. So you run in to Sid. They talk about his ship, that he had ridden over there, but because his mind is of an oglop, that it's very difficult. Right, right. Okay, so the problem is that the ships all run off of mist, but because there's no mist due to the life, li- the, the ifa tree being... It's ceasing its production Right. Now. So there's no way to really get around, and... Sid had been known to make a um, an airship that ran without mist, but it's been recently stolen by his wife, um, Hilda. Hilda, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hilda is the. You also find out that Hilda is the one who transformed him into an oglob, and because he had cheated on her. I mean, rightfully so. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel sorry for Sid at all. So, in any case, um, Sid is, you know, he had made a new airship during... Yes, but his yes. odd mind has made it terrible. Right. And so, in the middle of this, they're on their way back to Alexandria. And I don't know if it's that Iko gets word, of, like, through, through Mog or not, but th- she senses something's wrong. And in Alexandria at that moment... Um, Bahama has been summoned and is now attacking the city and the castle. Um, and it's this huge cutscenes and everything of this attack that's basically Kuja is summoning Bahama right. and monsters to attack. You actually see him in town at like in a cut in a small cutscene, and he summons Bahamut. And so, while this attack is going on, you know, the town is on fire. Monsters are coming in, because he, I'm assuming, has brought them or something. Right. Steiner and Beatrix actually go down into town to yes. try and fight off the monsters to the best and they can. Dagger, you, you assign the Knights of Pluto what they should be doing, so who should be in control of evacuating townspeople yeah, that's right. and everything. And everyone goes their way, and Dagger is just like what can I do now? It's just like, I can't do anything now. And her pendant kind of is like acting up at this point. And there's just this, she hears something and she's kind of being called to a certain part of this, of the castle. Right. And you make your way up and the castle kind of like starts like shifting a bit. Like 
you see a staircase lift up and she she ascends up the staircase and the game kind of guides you it's it they act like it's the the pendant acting up but it's basically guiding you where you need to go mm-hmm. and you go up into this this upper part of the castle and on the meantime Iko and them are on the airship going towards Alexandria. They're seeing all this. Well, Iko, who has the, her jewel after, you know, the one that had initially been stolen and Medane Sari, she all of a sudden is saying, I hear Dagger's voice. And she just jumps off and the she airship. Jumps off. <laughs> Talk about a leap of faith. And then there's this, like, awesome cut scene where Dagger and Iko, like, meet and then they together their gems combined and they summon alexander so through this whole story i don't know if you caught this but you kind of slowly are piecing together that there was this failed summoning of alexander it did not work and it was a terrible tragedy that happened and so they broke they they extracted the adolon from the the summoner broke its crystal into four, four different pieces, four pieces. Yeah. and garnet has dagger has two pieces and echo has two pieces um and i think that's it was like the the crystal was like calling to itself which is how they yeah. can hear it and so when they combine it or they they come together and they manage to summon alexander over the entire castle which, which is, alexander is a big castle yeah. itself <laughs> Alexander gets summoned, protects the castle from being destroyed by Bahamut, attacks Bahamut back, and Kuja realizes that he wants Alexander. Alexander. Like, Alexander is like the ultimate Eidolon. I want that because I'm trying to do harm to the world. Yes. That's when the eye in the sky shows back up. And it decimates Alexander, basically. It completely... Alexander and Alexandria. Like, everything just blows up. You could see Alexander dying, basically, the way it's... It's It's really cool. It's such an awesome cutscene. All all these cutscenes are amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, So, that... Yes, Alexander is gone. And Kuja kind of talks about it. It's like, how how is Garland here? Um, it, he basically has killed Alexander and Kuja's like, you know, Bahamut's enough, you know, we'll take care of this or whatever. And they leave. The town is in shambles and. But not under attack anymore. Right. Zidane rescues Dagger and Iko from the collapsing castle. And they take them. In fact, all of a sudden, you just wake up in Lindblom, and they, they kind of explain, you know, you've been out for three days. Yeah. Like, we found you Zidane, guys. Zidane wakes up in Lindblom after having been passed out for three days. It's like, we found you. I think Blank comes and talks to him. It's like, you know, we found you, you guys. You were, everyone's fine, but you were pretty badly damaged. You know, you've been out for three days. Um, So, he kind of gets up, and you go, and you talk to Sid. You're in Limblom and you're you're trying to have this meeting, and Echo runs to find Dagger. And I think during this point, Zidane has really realized his true feelings for Garnet, so he really wants to go and talk to her. Right. Echo goes up during this big meeting that Sid's trying to put together. Echo goes up to try and find Dagger. She brings Dagger down into the conference room and is like, "Guys, something's wrong with Dagger." Come to find out, she can't talk. 
so they call Dr. Tot, who shows up to examine... Examiner. Yeah, right. To figure out what's and wrong. And he just concludes that she's just stressed and she may never talk again. She may start talking in a couple years. I mean, understandably so. Right, A yeah. lot has happened. And, and <laughs> I think that that's, that was his point, too, is that... She's just she yeah. She has witnessed, you know, the death of her mother, the death of her kingdom, the death of her people. You know, it's just going to take time for that to heal. So, this their meeting has been cut short because of this, by the way. You actually get to a point where, while Dr. Tot is there, Sid is like... I can't make a ship with my Oglop mind. So they go and try and find a potion. Like, Dr. Tot pulls out some books, and he's like, I found something, but it's kind of written like it's satire. He's like, but we'll try it. So you go into town, which has been... is remodeling now. Right. And it uses like old time potions yes. that they don't use anymore. So Zidane's goal is to find these like old potions. It's really just a fetch quest. Yeah. You go find these potions to try and help Sid become human again. You find the potions, you take them back to Sid, he and turns into a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Zidane's point was is he needs to get out where Kuja is headed. Yeah, we need an airship yes. to be able to follow Kuja because, and to to yeah. get revenge, to capture Kuja and make him answer for all the right. terrible things that he's done. But because Sid cannot is not human, it kind of makes it hard. So they decide to take a ship via sea. They decide yeah, they to they take um, Queen Bronze Sea Ship. I yeah. don't I don't remember what it's called. But um, they take that to the outer continent. The outer continent. You go what, to the Black Mage for? Village because I believe there's word that Kuja has taken. Sid sees Kuja leaving with his ship that Hilda had taken. Right. And there's word that the Black Mages on that ship were talking. And so they decide to go to the Black Mage Village. So when you get to there, everyone but like three mages. Is yeah, gone. the guy, the guy who is in the cemetery, and then the two black the mages that are taking taking care of the chocobo egg. Now they all decided to follow Kuja because Kuja promised that that he could extend their life, and because all of the black mages at this point have learned about the stopping and don't want to stop themselves, blindly start following Kuja. And that's where you learn that they're in the desert, right? Yeah. You end up finding Kuja's desert palace, and you end up getting sucked in to a trap. This took me forever to figure out. I know. It, they don't Far really too explain long. it very well. They don't explain it at all. They just kind of let you figure it out. When I was looking for this, I knew that this is where I was supposed to go because I knew that the palace was under the sand. But I went to one of the sand traps and... And I fought one of those oh, ant lion yes. guys and I killed him and then like nothing happened. So then I went back into the same sand pit again and oh, fought that ant guy sorry. again. And I'm like, what the heck? I went back into the sand pit a third time. <laughs> Still didn't. So then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just going into the wrong pit. So then I went to a different pit, fought the same sand thing. lion again. And I'm like, I have no idea. So then by the third time that I found another pit, that's when I dropped down in. And I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> so your team falls into this trap, basically. 
and you kind of come to, and Zidane is in like this cell with Sid. And this is kind of when you realize how sinister Kuja really is. Because he kind of because foresaw them he, coming. Well, he leaked bits and pieces all, all along the way. He's leaking bits and pieces to make Zidane follow him and go exactly where he wants Zidane right. to be. And this is like... It, and really, Kuja even talks about how this is all part of the play, you know? This yeah. is all part of his orchestrated play. Anyway, Zidane, this is like the the pinnacle part of this is because Kuja left all these clues to trap Zidane and all of his friends inside his own castle. So he, he's got them all kind of separated out. I don't think he planned on Sid being there, obviously, with the way things panned out. He kind of is like, I want you to understand the situation you're in. The floor kind of opens up a little bit and there's like lava underneath, which that must have taken a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he explains, you know... I can do this to all the rooms that your friends are in and I need you to go run me an errand. He's like, you know, you guys are stupid enough not to use magic. I need you to go to this place and fetch me something. And so, you know, Zidane knowing that his friends could fall into this trap has no, he's no, he no has choice. no choice, but to run this errand. So he, you're given like three people yes. to go with you. He sends you on his ship, the Hilda guard. I don't know if it's guard or guard. I was just calling it Hilda one, two, three. Okay. So they escort you onto the forgotten continent, which is right. the far left continent, um, to a place called oil vert. And in there you cannot use magic at all. Well, I mean, I think you can, but in any case, you can't use magic. Nope. I and used Quinna, and you can't even use blue oh, magic. Sorry, <laughs> it didn't matter. Quinna was pretty strong, so it didn't bother me. You're supposed to find this. It's called the Glug Stone, and while you're in this place, stuff is just like not of this world. Yeah, and you start getting bits of story of Terra. Yes, the people of Terra noticed that their planet was dying. In an effort to preserve their memory, they built this building to mark as a monument to their people. I really think that that's about it. Like, you kind of realize that maybe Terra and Gaia are, like, sister planets or related in some way, but they don't explain a whole lot. Yes and no. It doesn't make sense till later. But when you're going through, it's kind of marking as, like... You know, like, how in some shows the researchers have, like, records of their, of what they've done. And that's kind of what this was. Like, showing that this prototype of this ship has been made. And then the the new prototype. The new prototype. And then they talk about the merging. And they talk about these two planets. And they show the diagram going into one. And then, yeah, you run into this room where they talk about how they acknowledge, like you said, like... Uh, the planet is dying. That they are keeping this this record of all of this knowledge for future generations, should they need it, and all that stuff. Um, and it doesn't really make sense. But Zidane, by the way, is the only one who can really understand. He yeah. doesn't understand the language, but it's like it speaks to him. Um, so your team manages to find the stone. You fight this big, like ship which is i makes know makes no sense i think the only thing that you get out of it 
Uh, the only thing that you get out of that whole like airship concept was that they were building airships to be more and more advanced and that some of them failed, some of them didn't, and the final iteration is the Invincible, and that's kind of where you first see the name of the Invincible. That comes into play later, but otherwise, there's no reason. And then, like, yeah, you find the stone and then randomly start fighting an airship. I'm assuming it's, like, a prototype. A prototype of, like, maybe an intelligent airship, a battle air. I think it's called, like, battle something or other. But yeah, so you fight this airship, it's silly, and then you take the stone back to Kuja. Um, but on your way back, uh, you take control of Sid, who is a frog at this oh, point. Oh yeah, so dumb. <laughs> and anyway, your your job as Sid is to figure out how to unlock the, the cells, basically, and you succeed one way or another. And your team comes out... And is trying to make their way to wherever's because they don't think they quite like the rest of them left behind. I don't think understand what's going on except for Sid, and so they kind of make their way to Zidane, try to find Zidane, and Zidane makes his way back and he gets there before the team can find him, and he goes into Kuja and he he hands it over kind of, and he's like, you know, I want to know my friends are okay. And Kuja shows him, like, passed out. This pit of all of his friends in this pit, like, dead almost. Which, of course, we know that they're fine. Right. But he doesn't. So he hands him the stone to make sure that his friends are okay. And at that same minute, that's when his friends show up from a teleporter onto the side. But Kuja still takes the stone. Um, But while the team is going in there to confront Kuja and the team, you know, meet up... Um, Ikko gets locked out, and Zorn and Thorn actually kidnap her again. Well, the first time, I guess, right. they, they kidnap her. Um, so, Kuja, I think he teleports out of there. Yeah, he and does. He and leaves. You, and you chase him because you find out that Ikko's been captured. Yeah. Um, and so, you decide to take your your sea ship and follow his ship via you know his is in the air but yours is on this on the in the ocean and they and go you, to this ice continent um, a snowy continent and you follow him to Estogaza which is like this holy place that people take a pilgrimage to and the mountain. they talk about the shimmering islands and stuff and that's the first time you kind of hear about it um, and you follow you follow after Kuja, and you hear that, you know, black mages have come through, and there they, was a girl, yeah. and yeah, so you have, your sole purpose is to find Kuja. So you go to a place called Mount Galug. <laughs> Galug. Hence, hence the name of the stone, the stone. that you were taking. And you kind of go through this, like, old, ancient place that has been abandoned. But in any case, at the bottom, there's an extraction circle. And Kuja is attempting to extract Idolans from Ikonob. And they, she has to be, they have to be 16 to safely do it. Yeah. But and he's just Zorn like, I don't even care. He's Zorn like, and Thorn is like, you're going to kill her if you do this. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Just do the ritual. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. And they try and fail. Well, and Mom then- comes out. Oh, she's right, got this yeah. little moogle that is like her sister and she kind of follows it's you don't see her a whole lot but she kind of follows it go around and she comes out when they try to extract the adelons from her and mog is like i'm sorry i didn't tell you you know but i you know i'm doing this for you and she basically turns into an adelon i, I guess but yeah. she turns, you know 
And so you battle Zorn and Thorn, and it kills them, but then they, like... They transform into, like, this merged monster that they ended up being a monster to begin with anyway. Just another creation of Kuja. Um, so you end up fighting this monster and defeating it. Um, and it goes fine, but Mog, of course, is now just a part of her, I guess. In the middle of all this, Kuja's gone. I think that he is just... He he noticed that the Moogle has gone into a trance, which trance is their, like, limit break, I guess, of this. Yeah, and he realizes that trance is the next step to gain more power. And so his goal is to then try and figure out how to do a trance himself. So he's gone, and you hear a voice going, Is someone there? <laughs> And you actually find Hilda, who right. has been held up in this place since Kuja had uh, taken the ship. Because at the beginning of the game, you know, Hilda's turned Sid into a, an oglob, and she left. Well, her ship got taken over by Kuja, who, for whatever reason, has kept her alive. And they, you actually, I think, end up going back to Trina or Lindblom to, like, talk about stuff. Yeah, to talk everything over, but also Sid tries to convince her to turn him back into a human. Right. But and promises that he'll never yeah. do that again and whatever. But, like, as soon as he gets turned back into a human, he uses the the boat that you were using to travel the sea with to transform it into the Hilda Three. At this point, Dagger is now talking. She's kind of kind of come to terms with it. And Hilda talks about her time with Kuja and how he has these sinister plans and he's just he just was talking to talk basically. He had someone to talk to and just kind of let it all out. And she kind of explains I think she talks about how he is mentioning there's a castle on the forgotten continent. That has the clues on what is going to happen next. So your team decides to go find this castle. They decide to call it Ispen's Castle. Ispen's, which is a is a reference to this like mini story yeah. that was told in the game. So your team goes to Ispen's Castle. There's some drama with Imarant that is not even important to this. Story. Not at all. <laughs> but anyway, when you reach the the top, you are met with this big world map and four mirrors on the wall. And you take each one down and it kind of explains like their locations of where, where they were on the map. And your team is attacked by a guardian. And so you beat up the monster and the monster gives a clue that basically you go to each of these locations, it'll undo the seal that Kuja... I don't know if it's that, Kuja done or just... It is in place. Yeah, it was to... A seal to teleport or something yes. like that. A teleporting seal. So, but, like, only Zidane can read it. Only Zidane could read the map and all of the mirrors. So, like, from his perspective, it's like, okay, this has to be linked to Terra in some way, and maybe that's where Kuja's trying to go, is to Terra. So, if this has anything to do with Terra, we need to perform these mirrors to break the seal and maybe get to Terra. So, that's that's their next step. Yeah. They, they make their way back to the Hilda Three, and they all go to each of these locations all, with the mirrors. All at once. Yeah, they're supposed impossible. to go all at once. 
they're, they're supposed to go to each of these locations all at once to place these mirrors into a spot. Right. And each of your party members are supposedly confronted with uh, a guardian, a of guardian that seal, which Kuja has made his has sent. These guardians are under Kuja's control. I want to say too that this is another one of those throwbacks to the old Final yeah. Fantasy games where you have to use the four crystals to, you know do a thing to break a seal or whatever and they each crystal has their own guardian and each gar- each crystal is also ha- has an affinity with an element so like there's a fire mirror and there's a fire shrine and there's a an earth and earth fire wind wind and water or ice and all four of those guardians are monsters from a past game yeah yep um, in any case, your team manages to place all the mirrors at once, and they're all picked up. Um, and this unlocks Shimmering Island. And your team approaches Shimmering Island, and <laughs> I remember I was there for your stream on this one. Uh, the whole ship goes into the, the big flowing lights. <laughs> <laughs> so your team is actually kind of lifted off the deck of your boat or your airship. And you just ascend yeah. um, into a place, well, Terra, basically. Right. Um, so you're teleported to Terra, and you see this girl. I mean, you have no idea where you are, but you right, see yeah. this girl, and you follow. You start you following, start following her, her, and you follow her all the way to this town, just, this village, just before the village, because the Invincible. Is in it, it flies overhead. Oh yeah, that's and right. Garnet kind of has another one of her like oh flashback. Yeah, the big eyeball in the out. sky. Um, and so she passes out, and the the party's like, we've got to find a place for her to rest. And they enter the town, which is called Bramball. And Zidane walks in and then realizes that all of these people have tails, and all of these people have the same kind of hair. He does. and they look exactly yeah. like Zidane. So then. Zidane kind of goes on this quest to figure out what the heck is going on, who these people are, what where they are, and you slowly start finding answers of the fact that you're on another planet called Terra, and that the people there are obviously just vessels called genomes, and they are being mass-produced. And Zidane finds this out pretty quickly, this leads him to believe that himself has been just mass produced, but it still leads the question of why, why, why wasn't, wasn't he there? Why, why was he on Gaia? Right. Why was he raised on Gaia? And, you know, he realizes that this is why he was never able to find his home because his home wasn't even on yeah. the planet. He was looking like he didn't know to look on another planet. You walk around and in one of the rooms, you see a bunch of the genomes, like, staring at a crystal. And you you hear them talking about the flow of souls. And you hear, you know, they're asking questions like, I, I, are you a boy? Are you a girl? And they're like, well, I, I don't have, a, there's no purpose for me to be of either. And, yeah, yeah. And there's just this blank stares, and there's really no emotion, and... Every Another, all of them kind of say the same thing, like we're all empty vessels, and they're yeah the, that they lack souls basically. Yeah, and right. you walk down into one of their rooms where there's 
summon like this tank <laughs> they're, and they're like they're recording numbers and just responses and they keep talking it was one of them i think says something like we're fed knowledge to prevent brain atrophy but there's no need for knowledge right now we're just empty vessels right and they're you run into the girl whose name is makoto and she explains that you know because you're in control of Zidane at this point. You're following her around. She explains, you know, but you're special. Because basically he has a soul. And he... She's like, you know, he's waiting to talk to you. So she escorts him to find Garland. And you... She stays behind. And he goes into the teleporty thingy. <laughs> but eventually, he makes his way to see Garland. And the your group... Your group finds an inn. Aiko goes to try and find Zidane and starts meeting up with other p- well, other of your you group. Walk. And the group tries to kind of chase after him to yeah, figure to out where, where Zidane went. Because he just kind of left on right. his own. And he meets Garland and Garland kind of explains... You know, you've you finally have made your way back to me. Like you have, you were the perfect vessel that I have created. Yeah, um, I mean, he he kind of explains that Kuja was created to disrupt the souls on Gaia, and that Zidane was created to do the same thing but better. He he created Kuja first, but he created him as he was right then and there. And he was unpredictable and he put a lifespan on Kuja's life because he knew that he was not the final product and he knew that he was dangerous. So he made Zidane, who he started out from a much younger age to slowly mature, thinking that would help. Well, during this time, Kuja realized that Zidane was the perfect vessel to help create, you know, to to disrupt the flow of of souls because Terra's intent was to merge the planets into one to disrupt the soul cycle so that well, Terran souls will be si- it was- renewed. It was, I, we may be getting into it a little bit deeper a little bit too soon, but Terra's planet begins to decay. And the only way to stop this decay is to merge with another planet. And in this process, because there were already souls on Gaia, the merger didn't work. And so the there was a last-ditch effort to preserve all the souls on Terra... And they made Garland to be the disruptor of the souls on Gaia until there was enough, um, you know, until the souls on Gaia were no more and the souls on Terra could be put into the genomes. It has to do with just how the souls are, are cycled through. And I don't remember the details, but really, but, they're trying to just put Terra into Gaia. Right. And it's hard to do when Gaia has its own crystal. Which I think they use, they they're trying to use Gaia's crystal. I believe. I didn't. I didn't catch that <laughs> at all. And what case, I understood was that Kuja and Zidane were specifically sent to Gaia to disrupt the soul, the flow of the souls, and to stop that. You know, the the life tree somehow connects the two worlds together, 
and manages the flow of souls, but like ultimately Kuja and Zidane were sent to Gaia to like disrupt it. And the only way to make disruption of the souls is by war. So that's why Kuja's programmed to initiate war between all of the countries Again, this is uh, getting into a little bit deeper a little bit too soon, but Zidane is realizing that Kuja is, you know, inferior and has a time limit, but ultimately his goal is to kill everyone on Gaia, and Garland has explained to Zidane that this is your destiny as well. Like, you have to go to Gaia and destroy everyone well, in order for Terra to continue. And he kind of explains that it did not go to plan. He didn't expect Kuja to completely discard Zidane onto Gaia, which is right. how Zidane got to Gaia. Right. And because of that, Zidane was supposed to be where Kuja is now disrupting the souls, causing war and all that stuff. But because Zidane grew up on Gaia... He isn't quite, hasn't been doing that. Right, and that's mainly because Kuja was jealous of Zidane and his perfection. Yes. Yeah. Um, So this is a lot for Zidane to take in, and Garland, like, puts him into a sleep. I don't know if he's trying to remove his soul or not. It's not really explained, because you just kind of wake up on a chair. Yeah. And you're kind of having your own little existential crisis. Yeah. Which, and, you know, for Zidane, he's realizing... This is exactly how Vivi was, in, yeah. in a way. You know, he mass-produced his soul. You know, it's... Who knows? Right. And so, he wakes up, and Iko and Vivi have found him. It's like, we've been looking for you. Why did you leave by yourself? And he's just like, you know, it's... It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Like... This is meaningless. Just go away. And he kind of traps him. As he's walking towards who knows where, and you're confronted with two more party members. I think it's... Yeah, like, Zidane is just, like, walking away, and everyone's kind of trying to stop him and and talk to him. And it just takes... It's a slow progression as you are fighting enemies in area to area. And I think that he's, like, in some weird way being called to, um, to Garland... But, yeah. like, all of his friends are trying to stop him, and, you know, he's just... Zidane's just, like, walking in a daze. Eventually, somebody talks to him and, like, talks him out of it. He is coming to terms with his life is just pointless at this point. And he, you go through all your friends till you finally get to Garnet, or Dagger. Mm. She manages to talk some sense into him, basically, and... I think he, he comes to terms with it by accepting the fact that... Where you were born is not your home. Yes. Where you were raised and your family and your friends, that's right. where you belong. Which, again, is the whole theme. Right, the exactly. With place to call home. And and he, you know, when he comes to terms with that, he's like, you know, it doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter where I was born. I need, to pr- I need to protect yes. Gaia. And if Gaia is in trouble because Garland is trying to destroy it using Kuja, and Kuja's trying to destroy it... We need to stop this, and we need to stop this now. And he explains that to the group, and they go and confront Garland. You fight Garland, don't you? Mm-hmm. And then as you you confront Garland, and he's like, you know, this is this is pointless. You sh-, you know, and then Kuja appears. Kuja shows up and finishes Garland off. Yeah, and then you fight Kuja too. And he he's he explains to your group. 
after seeing the Mughal trance, he's like, you know, I realize what I need is uh, a soul that is in this, f not full of hatred, although that's what he used, but, you know, a, a soul that is capable of, of this intense emotion. Yeah. That's and the emotion he he, he found was extreme hate because it was one of the souls that the Invincible had captured. And it ends up being Queen Bronze's soul. And it helps him attain trance, basically. Yeah. Um, so, like, Zidane and, and Party fights um, fights Kuja. Yeah. And Kuja, like, in the middle of this fight, trances and Just annihilates your party, party, but also casts Ultima. And casting Ultima shoots off all of these, like, energy beams and, like, just... It starts destroying, destroying the, the planet. And their only means of escape is to jump on the Invincible and get the heck out. And they decide... Uh, the party goes to the Invincible and Zidane and Dagger decide to go back to Bran Ball to save the genomes. Because right. they're just... They're innocent lives at this point. Mm -hmm. I almost said souls. <laughs> So they, they go back and they manage to evacuate all the genomes onto the Invincible. They leave Terra as it's being destroyed and they find refuge at the Black Mage Village. Yeah, they drop off all the genomes to the Black Mage Village, finding that they're so similar. And, I mean, you even kind of figure out that the genomes were created with the same technology as the right. the Black Mages. I mean, the, the technology that was in Terra... I mean, is the yeah. same technology that, that the Kuja, Black Mage... The it's Black the same, Mage. yeah, cause, because it was knowledge that Kuja had given the people right. who were mass-producing them. It right. was just a little bit cruder, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Vivi, it, it was Vivi's idea to take the genomes to the Black Mage village. It made more sense that they were very alike in certain mm. ways, and they could really help each other. And the team decides to confront Kuja, basically, who's over the Ifa tree. They fly the Invincible into the, like, purple mist or whatever, and that's when you see all the dragons come out of the, the purple ball of light, but you also are backed up with the fleet from Limblum and Surprise. Sid and um, I didn't realize Beatrix. I didn't realize until I played this game again how epic that part actually was. It that really was is really yeah. amazing because you were you really were not expecting Sid's fleet to be there. You're because you're not, and it, what's funny is if you do a little bit of hunting, you realize that something's amiss. Like if you go back to Limblum, um, there's a couple of those like weird wrench guys. I don't know how to explain oh, them. They're like uh, yeah, Zanero and Benero, the, the Tantalus like. Yeah. Yes, I know what you're talking about. They're they're like, yeah, Blake and Marcus went or Blank and Marcus went off and I don't, we don't know where they went. And like that's it. They don't give you any other information. Yeah. And then like you try to go into the castle and the guards outside the the throne room are like you can't enter. 
And it's just like, okay, game, obviously you don't want me to talk to Sid. So then you just leave and you go to the Ifa tree and boom, Sid, Blank, yeah. Marcus, all of Tantalus is there and they're all backing you up. They're like, you know, you can't do this alone. We've all got your back. And yeah, it, it really is this like epic moment. Well, all these silver dragons are coming out of the sky. The red and rose. The red rose is there. Yep. With uh, Beatrix is um, on that. Too. Yep. Yep. It was it was very epic. And like I realized um, at one point when the red rose comes into frame, it's like blocking off a completely separate attack that you thought was going to land. It yep. just was epic. It really was. Music was epic. I did not appreciate this scene as much as I did. Until pinnacle, pinnacle moment for Final Fantasy as a whole. I mean, really, this game just kind of feels that way anyway. Yeah. But like that was it, it was it was awesome. Yeah. It was so cool. But yeah, your team makes it into that purple, which ends up being this memoriam. Memoria. It's taking memories from the party and constructing this world. And as you're exploring the world, you're experiencing memories of the past. So, like, Garland's memory is within this thing, and he's trying to explain stuff to Zidane as you're walking through. You may have to help me out with this, because I'm a little hazy on exactly what the heck is going on. But I'll explain it to the best of my ability, and you can fill in the gaps, because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> um, so, you're walking through this area, and you see memories that, you know, the whole group has seen. And they're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. And then Quinn shows up, and is like, oh yeah... I don't... What's going on? I, I haven't he seen this. Yeah. And the group's like, well, Quinna shouldn't be able to see it because she he wasn't there. So then you move on to another spot, and then you see, like, other bits and pieces. Zidane is seeing bits and pieces of Dagger's memory, but, like, that doesn't make any sense. And then you go further on, and you're all seeing memories of life way before, you know... Before... Before any of them or, yeah. were even alive. So then that doesn't make any sense. And then you get bits and pieces from Garland saying that memory isn't just One your person. individual memory. It's the collective memory. It's the memory of all the souls that you're made out of. It's uh, it's the memory of your parents and your grandparents and all the generations behind you all to the single source, which is the, the crystal. crystal. <laughs> So, but the question that I have is, why the heck would then Quinna have lapses in that memory? The only thing I would assume is, you know, all life can be traced back to the beginning of the crystal, if you will. But something, like, to me, it would make sense why... Zidane would be able to connect more with Dagger and her memories than Quinna would because Zidane has a more closer relationship with Dagger, I would assume. Or I'll tell you my theory and I'll know. I'll see where you where you stand on this. My theory is that Zidane was created after the destruction of Dagger's village. The Maiden Sorari yeah. or whatever it is. But it doesn't it quite explain but, why they all could see Gaia before the land was created. Because it was just water. Because that was memory from past... People. Past people. But, like, Zidane's memory 
And even Vivi's memory is from the mist, from the the souls of the collective, not necessarily the souls of individuals and history, but uh, manufactured, you know? So, like, they would have different memory. We're like, Quinna, who is a biological being, wouldn't have memories of a certain place that they weren't there, and none of their ancestors were there to have that memory gap. That's the only thing, like, the only way that that makes sense. And then, so, like, if you look at Dagger's Past, the, that specific spot that they showed in Dagger's Past in this world was when the eye was in the sky. And when the eye was in the sky, it was absorbing the souls that it was killing. You know, they were killing all these people and absorbing the souls. So maybe some of those souls were blended in with when Zidane. When I initially watched that scene, before I got the rest of the information, mm-hmm. I thought that perhaps Zidane was on the ship. I thought that too. I really wondered that too. Um, But, you know, when you think about it, the crystal cycles the souls. And if so, those souls have experienced a lot of the, you know, these, these memory, like, so it would make more sense for everyone to remember farther back when the earth And that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm getting, like, the, the pre, any, pre group, you know, time before the group would have these memories because it's the collective where, like, specifically Zidane may have a memory of that event because he wasn't there necessarily, but maybe he was made from the souls of the people that were there. Like, Garland says specifically that he was afraid of the Eidolans that were being summoned in that village, which is why he took the Invincible and decimated that town because he was afraid of what was going to happen if he didn't. So like that, that kind of says to me that he was doing that before Kuja could. Well, yeah, he was doing that before he made Zidane. So it makes me wonder if maybe those souls were part of what Zidane is made out of. So he could see some of those memories as well. Again, this is all speculation. I have no idea, but it makes some sense. Um, there's a lot left unsaid in this game. Yeah, actually. absolutely. Um, I, I do have one more question. When you see the scene with Quinna under the water, does Zidane see what's happening with Quinna? Yeah. You you think he sees Quinna actually swimming or is just yeah, because, weird? Because, well... Because he acts like, you're we're not underwater, just breathe. Because Zidane's walking just fine, but Quinna's swimming. I see what you mean. I, I think you're right. I think that Zidane cannot see Quinna. S- I think Z- Zidane sees Quinna trying to swim and is like, what is going on with you? But doesn't see the underwater scene that Quinna sees. Yeah. I think that because there was a spot in Quinna's timeline that, that Quinna was like going through the waterways and she swam from the outer continent back to... Yeah. Um, Alexandria. And she even talks about that swim being so terrible, <laughs> but that she ate a bunch of fish to help her. Yeah. I don't know. Which she was trying to eat the. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more deeper yeah. information going on here than anyone gives us credit for, gives them credit for. But. I think I think what we came to conclusion on was pretty accurate, I think. You I think, think that I makes mean, sense. if anything. 
it it gives some justification to what's going on. Yeah. It there may be more information out there that we're missing. There may be more people who come up with better ideas than that. I would love to hear someone talk yeah. about that. But in any case, story wise, let's continue the story <laughs> <laughs> instead of speculation of what the heck is going on here. But like Zidane, the whole group makes their way to Kuja who is planning to destroy the crystal, which the crystal is life. Well, the know, crystal is the soul. I don't think we mentioned it. Um, back at Bram Ball, when he's getting ready to kill Garland, like finish him off, mm. Garland tells him, you have a lifespan on your life. Because Kuja right. didn't realize this until that point. Your team knew before that, but Kuja, in fact, he didn't even want to accept it, which is what made him kind of go into a trance to begin with. Um, but he, there he is when you're getting ready to go fight him. And he's saying, if you, if this, if I can't live in this world, then no one else can. You can't live in a world where I'm not here. You know, what would be the fun in that? Uh, Kind of. Well, that's. There's like theatrics to it, but. Right. And so you, you end up confronting Kuja then and fighting. Right, right. I mean, basically he, at this point, like you said, He's trying to kill everyone, and destroying the crystal would successfully not just kill everyone, but pretty much the whole universe. Yeah, everything. Like, it would, it would just disrupt everything. So, you fight Kuja, you confront him, you fight him, you take him down, and just as he's about to die, he sets off Ultima yet again, and Ultima destroys the crystal and starts to sever the universe. And then this guy... Necron. 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 No idea. He comes out of nowhere, and it, he ends up being the, like, ultimate boss. It's hard to explain, because it is, like, a lot to take in. It's, I would assume that he's God. He maybe he's of. Maybe he's the, the being of the crystal. That's kind of what I took him for was that in some way he represents the crystal itself maybe it's more like he is saying this life is leading to death and this is the result you know the crystal trying to be destroyed and all that stuff and finally he's like we're just eliminating it all it it just can just be no more and so his in I it is very strange. It's, you really honestly, have to take it in again and again to really honestly. Get it to sink in. It's very Final Fantasy esque. This is very traditional Final Fantasy to meet your maker and destroy fate. And this this is a a theme that comes back again and again in the Final Fantasy series of this like you've disrupted stuff so much that the almighty being of the universe has to come and intervene. And I think that that's kind of what they're talking about here. Cause this guy comes out of nowhere. He's just this big, like almost a robot thing. And he's, yeah, he's kind of saying you guys aren't worthy of having life anymore. We're just going to stop everything and just wipe it, wipe it clean. There's no point. And Zidane has the strongest will to live, so him and your party confront this being and destroy it. And in destroying it, I guess life is allowed to live now? Well, your party members actually give life to the ones that are supposed to. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Like, self-sacrifice. As Final Fantasy does. Uh, Again, another throwback to the original Final Fantasies. Because, yeah, to roll back from... Necron, his like entrance after 
Kuja does Ultima and destroys everything and kills your party, you choose your four party members, and the other four party members gives life to the ones chosen to fight the end yeah. the end battle. Their life force. <laughs> and, I mean, that's a very typical thing in yeah. Final Fantasy. Very typical to, oh, we've died, the final battle, and then all of your friends show up to sacrifice themselves. Did or this actually the same scenario happen in one of the past games? Like five or six or well, something like that. In Final Fantasy two, no, there's an actual scene. I can't remember which one it was. It's, where they give their life forces two. to your current party, right? To I keep think them going. I think it's well in Final Fantasy two. You are like playing through the game. You get like extra characters periodically, and they all die a tragic death. Yeah, and then at the very end, they all show back up and like sacrifice, give them their life force so that you heal and you can fight the end boss. But yeah, like there, there's been a few Final Fantasies with that similar situation where the very last battle, something terrible happens, but then all of your friends show up and like heal you or yeah. whatever. So, but yeah, this was very similar to that. But yeah, you fight, you fight this guy. He dies, and you. He's like, "I'll be back." You realize that the life, the Ifa tree, is like starting to crumble. Yeah, and it violently reacts. But but your party teleports out. There's no explanation. Yeah, there's no explanation why the party teleports out. But you end up back at. The Hilda Three, or is it the um, the Invincible? I don't remember. I think it's the Hilda Three. It, yeah, yeah, it must be. Oh yeah, because Sid shows up. Yeah. Sid's like, "Hey, everybody, get get on the ship, get on the ship," and everybody's starting to board the ship, and Zidane's like, "You know, oh, Zidane he hears Kuja," and Zidane's like, "I gotta go back and and rescue Kuja," and everyone's like, "Why?" And Danny, That's a terrible Danny idea. is also like, why? <laughs> yeah. Like you went into the Ifa tree to kill him, to stop him from killing everyone. He was going to die anyway. And why do you all of a sudden care? But in any case, Zidane convinces himself to go back to save Kuja. Dagger and everyone is just like, well, I guess this is how it's going to be. Boards the ship and Zidane goes off to die. Um, Zidane in the probably the most amazing cutscene of any Final Fantasy ever made ever. <laughs> Zidane does this awesome surf like Tarzan type thing where he's surfing on vines to get into um into the Ifa tree to, to find, Kuja. find Kuja. He finds Kuja and just as he meets up with Kuja, who is, you know, Wondering what the heck Zidane's doing and kind of kind of apologizes for being the way that he is. Zidane then braces himself from this like vine attack from the Ifa tree. He hovers over Kuja to stop Yeah, he him. does, he does, like tries to protect yeah. Kuja. And the vines of the Ifa tree like smashes into Zidane and then you cut to back to Alexandria and there's like a bunch of end type scenes where you see um, with each character basically. A, a little bit um, you see Zidane or sorry you don't see Zidane you see Vivi who is met up with Puck and Puck is like oh hey Vivi and he's like how do you know that name he's like it's me Puck and he's like I don't know who you are and he goes you're the Puck 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you find out that I'm not Vivi. I'm his son. This little Vivi is Vivi's son, and that begs the question: Quinna? (laughs) No. I think they later explain when you talk to the black mages. If you like probe around for dialogue, they explain that there's a prototype, and you find out that that Vivi is that prototype. Well, yeah, I knew that, but like, I think that they were just. My my theory is is he used his remaining time to help these black mages and probably found these other prototypes and kind of like how because you find out about Vivi's grandpa who took him in who right. was not he was a Q actually he fished him out of the water and I I thought it was sweet how you know his grandpa he called him his grandpa and i thought well he just called them his sons those prototypes yeah, maybe. i don't know that's my theory it's that's better than any uh but then you see freya s- s- oh, oh yeah freya freya and um Freightly. yeah they're Freightly. i guess he has his memory bag we never he really he, we- they, he says they say it at the end that he never gained his memory bag uh, yeah they um we never really talked about it, but like he showed up and helped Not save the important. day. It wasn't it wasn't important at all. <laughs> um then you see uh Beatrix. Beatrix and Steiner, they kind of got together a little bit. I th- honestly that is this we'll talk about it when we talk about the story because I, I Steiner okay. Steiner and Beatrix, it's the cutest. <laughs> it's so sweet. Um but then you kind of see um dagger getting ready for um the play because the new theater ship is coming in and they're putting on i want to be your canary again and i would assume the first time since the rebuild of um alexandria and uh i don't know do they show they show oh um sid a Sid pretty much took in um, Iko, and Iko is is calling Sid and Hilda Mama and Papa or whatever or Mommy and Father, Mother and Father. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is she's like, "Come on, Father," and he's like, "Say it again." (laughs) Like, "Come on, Daddy." (laughs) I wish they would have hinted at that a little more. Like that was what's gonna happen. It just was. It was kind of out of nowhere. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Um, but yeah, then the play starts up, uh, the theater ship play starts up and it's kind of similar to the opening where you have the play, it's kind of the same sort of stuff. And then this hood, hooded figure who's supposed to be Marcus is show, is on stage and during a scene he whips off his hood and it's Zidane and he summons Bring my beloved dagger back to me <laughs> he summons dagger back down and dagger freaks out and runs down through the crowd and, and the end cut scene yeah yeah and then they they hug and meet and the end Happily ever after the and end that's pretty much it that was a long story the longest probably the longest story we've ever told again we go into way too much detail <laughs> to be fair there's more out there oh i know there's more that was not even talked about oh i know <laughs> i know this game had a lot so but again okay hang on first guys if you skip the story welcome back <laughs> i have to say though that we talked a lot about theories of what's going on in the story 
um, just a little while ago. So if you did skip the story, if you want to hear some of those theories, you might want to rewind a little bit to try and find them. But um, yeah, well, we're going to continue on on our thoughts of the story. I mean, I thought it was really good. It's, but it makes sense that being Final Fantasy IX, you, I, I personally have seen the progression of the stories. We've played through one through nine now, and I genuinely see the progression of story. You see how, you know, in Final Fantasy VIII, all the characters were kind of static. They were their own, they didn't, like, they had some character development, but it wasn't yeah, solid. The character development, there were a few, like, minor characters that fell short, but I felt like the character development in this game was so much more believable and, like, steady. It wasn't just, all of a sudden, I'm in love with Renoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about this over the past few years I've played this game. 21 years. But, you know, it makes... It's it's believable to me that these relationships and the way that things have progressed and circumstances why when Zidane's acting sour, I understand why he was acting sour, and I expect right. that of someone who's seventeen or eighteen. And you know, at the beginning Zidane is so out ladies' of, man. Well, and he's out of touch really. With he can't quit pick up on cues of this is serious, and he's just kind of like. You know, laughing it off and letting it roll. Yeah, off his shoulders it's just not and, picking up when people are mm -hmm. serious and just. And I mean, it, he gets better about it, but I think at the end he he even apologizes. I'm sorry for being so selfish and like you know there really was character development. Yeah, that was no, believable. there absolutely. Well, Vivi alone. Yeah, Vivi had the single best story of the entire game, and just this the seriousness of what he was going through. Like, I can't even fathom real, you know, just kind of living your life as per usual. Like, Oh, you know, it sucks. My grandpa died. And then like, he made his way to, um, uh, Lim or Alexandria. No, no, no. He made his Trano? way to Trano first. That's where he met with Puck. And yeah, he met some, yeah, I'm pretty sure he met Puck there. In Trano? Yes. Not, not the first time. He met Puck in Alexandria at the very beginning of the game. Yeah, I guess. He goes to Trino where he gets a ticket. The the ticket to see Anna yeah, Marion. Right, right. And his grandpa had just died. Who was it? He met somebody in Trino though. Who was it that he met in Trino? About the man, like the random NPC. Oh, characters. was it just a random guy? He, he just was like he remembered him or something oh. like that. Like, hey. Oh yeah, because yeah, he was like, Hey, how was the play? And he yeah. was like, Oh, it was it was good. It could have been better. It could have been it, if you'd have given me a legit ticket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like you can see how he because that cave is like right outside Trino. So like after his grandpa died, he just decided to leave. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure that he dealt with the pain of his grandpa dying. But again, you know, I'm sure that that was a progression. And you know, from he, from Vivi's past, like I'm sure that that was a progression, he and he learned it, what death was. He explains it at one point how you know his grandpa died, but they were just he just didn't think about it. And then when he watched uh, Dagger's mom die, it kind of brought up oh, those yeah. feelings again. 
And so them, st- you know, the black mage is stopping it. That's what started his his real soul quest, if right? You will. Yeah, no, but I mean, again, my my point really is that Vivi's story yeah. is so deep and it's so emotional, and he's only a kid. But, like, he has to deal with all these things, and you see it, and you see his, like, even the way that they express him being this, like, spacey kind of personality. Like, they're, when he, when they're in, um, when they're in with Iko doing the dinner stuff, and he's just, like, sitting, and he's just, like, sitting and thinking. And you talk to him, Zidane talks to him, and... Vivi's just like, ah, I'm just trying to sort things out, you know, just yeah. thinking about, you know, the black mages about. and yeah, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so deep, yeah. you know, <laughs> it just is. But then you have, you know, Zidane's character development where like, he's just this like outgoing ladies man and he just does whatever he wants. He goes wherever he wants. He's not bound by anything. And then he starts to realize who he is that, and really, this whole time he's kind of been looking for where he belongs and going back to that theme of the, of the entire game, a place to call home and finding where you belong. It's not, it's It's not where you were born. It's so wholesome. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so overall I thought it was a very solid story. I enjoyed it. I wasn't ready for it to end. Yeah, I know. And I think that that's the best compliment you can give a a good story is you're not ready for it to end. I always felt like, and I and, and there is, there's so much more that needs to be told, but I understand why there was already so much story. Where were they going to put it? I I wouldn't want a second game. Absolutely, yeah. I I honestly wouldn't even want a remake. Because I feel like that they would butcher the way that this needs to be told. And I think that the way that they told it in this game was adequate. I I, I don't know. Just all the little details that they put in this game, I feel like if they missed anything, if they rewrote anything, it would just not flow the same way. And I'm seeing that with Final Fantasy VII Remake, too, where like they change little things that it just doesn't flow yeah. right. And... You know, if they were to do that with nine, I would feel the same way. Like, I just. It's one of those things. It's hard to capture something so naturally progressive and raw, even. And because it's so rare to properly capture it, if you were going to redo it again, it's so hard to capture it. To redo it, you, you risk really not being able to do it right. Right, right, right. Um, I didn't like Steiner throughout <laughs> I, the majority of the game. I ended up liking Steiner a lot more than I used to. I had a little more respect for him by the end of the game. Once once he started to warm up to Zidane a little bit, I had a little more respect for him. But, like, I didn't like his idiot mentality, yeah. the idiot character that they gave him. Like, I just didn't... I didn't I don't like those personality types anyway of just, like, a bumbling fool. And really, that's what they made him out to be, especially in the beginning, where he was just blindly following orders. And I'm sure that that's the intent. Yeah, well, that is part of his character development. But I didn't... 
I just, I didn't like that introduction so much that it ruined his character for me. Um, but, you know, he did, like, this, the love story between him and Beatrix is super cute. <laughs> it's so adorable. Mainly because Beatrix, I liked so much. She's so cool. And even her being a side character had so much character development. Yeah. Like, you know, she was hardcore, I'm the queen's Oil, right hand, yeah. you know, I am here to protect the queen. And then she even was, like, questioning what the heck was going on. And then when the queen died, she became, you know, Dagger's person. Yeah. And even before that, she was protecting Dagger, you know, before that even. So it's like, you know, to to see her progression, too, and then for them, two to kind of get together and have, like, a, a thing. It wasn't, like, this romance. It was, no, just, yeah. it was just a little thing. Like, they connected, and it was super cute. It was... The like the note, yeah. The, the note quest thing. that you go on. I I mean I'm not gonna go into the whole story of it, but you know Echo writes that note and then Steiner ends up. It, it ends up in several people's. Yeah, hands. right, right. It's just it, it was yeah. it was cute. It was so cute, and then like they didn't even explain it at the end of all that. Like Steiner's there and Beatrix is there, and they're just like, hey. <laughs> I think it interrupted. Yeah, they so do. I think it just kind of is left up to it was interpretation. Just, it was it was adorable. Um there was a lot of characters that I could have used more backstory to and maybe there was if I dug a little harder like Freya, no idea. Like I understand that Freya, you know, her spout, I don't know were they married? They're, they're no, I think that they were just they were kind of partners. Yeah. And he left to... I, Do a thing. Something. He was looking for something. But, you know, there was a lot of Freya's story that really needed to be told. Um, whatever happened between her and Fratley, what she was doing when she was going to look for him. The, apparently her and Zidane met up before. They're, they had initially met before yep. the game and yeah. you don't know what that story was not a not a hint i know i know <laughs> and like what happened with this guy like he shows up and does this like little rescue thing but he's like yeah i don't know who you are freya like i have no idea and, and then he just leaves you know his character has so much potential i know he could have been in a, and a lot of people really do love his character but there's just nothing. There's not even anything he, to hint at. To he kind of idea. He kind of rubs off as this like jerk. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. You have no idea. But obviously we have a connection. Maybe you should explore that and figure out yeah. who you were before. Instead, he's just like, yeah, I don't know you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> leaves. It's just. It made no sense. It really needed to be dug in a little deeper to figure that out. Kind of the same way with Steiner's history too. Like. We don't know much about him. Like, we know his name. We know that he is a guard. We know that he is, you know, destined to be the princess's, you know, protector. But, like, how did he get there? Who was he before that? You know, like, there's I mean, there's no back history like, to that. I feel like Steiner's story is probably a bit more mundane compared to the rest of them. Because, I mean, he's just a knight in that position. I think I his story really starts when he needs to realize... That it's more than just fulfilling his duty. You, you know, you need to... I mean, it's great, like, un, unwavering, you know, loyalty. 
but at a certain point you got to think when is it what happens when you're loyal to someone who's wrong right and stuff like yeah. that and i think that's where his character development really is in i also would have liked to see more history on garnet in general like you you understand that she came from the Summoner Village. You understand that her actual mother died. You get bits and pieces of, you know, she she showed up and Queen Bronze original daughter named Garnet looked a lot like Dagger or yeah. Garnet. Um and but she had a horn, so they cut the horn off. Which sounds terrible, it by does the way. It does. I'm sure that if you are a summoner and you have a horn and that gets cut off, that's probably a major piece of your power. Like, Well, that's how they communicated with... Nature, right? Yeah. Because that's why Iko can talk to yeah. animals because of that. Um, but then, like, her relationship with her father. What happened to her father? Yeah, they don't explain anything that like, happened other anything, than he died. Yeah, and, like, there is bits and pieces of, like... With Dr. Tot and him realizing that she probably is a summoner coming from this this place. But, like, again, there's no, like, I don't know. It, I just, I wanted more, I wanted more information there. There's a thing that you can do in the game, which you wouldn't know unless you were looking for it, where if you circle the wall at Echo's village so many times in a certain way, you actually get to learn what Dagger's real name was as well as her mother's name. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I I do really enjoy how the game, it, it's, it's such a deep game with like very serious um, topics, but they sprinkle this little bit of humor in there to make it not so serious. And I appreciate that yeah. because otherwise it would just kind of be this depressing game, yeah. you know? So like they're throwing in these little bits of comedy and this little bits of weirdness into it that just makes it a little more lighthearted. Yeah. The comedy relief is really appreciated in certain, certain points of the game. Like, like with Sid, like it wasn't even, it wasn't necessary, but it was kind of a, you know, a terrible thing had been happening and they sprinkled in him turning into a frog despite. Yeah. And then when he becomes human, like he still kind of yeah. croaks and gwarks. Little stuff like that. I, yeah, I appreciate it. And I, to me, I think Zidane's character, I, I don't normally like Zidane's type of character, but because he's humorous in a way that's believable, I think that's why I like him so much. I, I get what you're some, saying. He's got yeah. some... He's To me, I think he's hilarious. It's <laughs> it's that little bit of realism. Yeah. That it's not so over the top that it's like, come on, nobody actually is like this. Right. But yeah, yeah, I, I see he, what you mean. He's, like, he's a ladies... He's a ladies' man, but like he's just got a goofy sense of humor. Yeah. And that makes him likable. Well, just to be able to say clever things that are funny mm -hmm. and not... Because, you know, a lot of comedy is, whoa! Yeah, you know, I know, over the top. Over the top. Yeah, and, for sure. And the ladies' men character isn't funny to me. Like, I love all the ladies. Like, the ladies love like, me. he was hitting on a girl at the bar. Like, that's... I, I don't know, just as... Like, yeah, that's, that's what... Like, "Quote unquote," ladies guys do yeah, not right. this every all not all the ladies love him. Yeah, but he likes the ladies. I think maybe that's part of it too. I don't know. I like his character. 
Um, so what'd you give it for story? <laughs> I gave it a 10 out of 10. I also had a few issues, like, Amaranth's story really was... I hated... He was the worst character. 100%. I, I even wrote that down. Amaranth is the worst. <laughs> I don't really know what to say, because... He had it no place. Necessary. He was not. There was not one part where I felt like he really contributed to the story. He was like an afterthought that they were like, "Hey, we kind of want to add in this like part at the end where you have four characters and you need another four to give their life. So we need to like throw one extra character in there. Let's just figure it out and I make it work." I never rolled my eyes as much as I did anytime he talked. I know. I rolled my eyes. And his character design is garbage. Yeah. Like, I just, I, ah, uh, like, don't... it doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, so his story is like, he's this mercenary or he's like this. He's hired as a mercenary. He, he, Zidane ends up getting him in trouble back when, before the game starts. Really? Yes. How do you find this you out? You find this out in one of the, the side ATE events. Oh, okay. And it shows... He he's supposed to be a guard on duty the night that Zidane is like robbing uh, the Trino auction house, <laughs> and he comes out and he bumps into Amaranth and he, the the guards come chasing after the thief. They come out and Zidane's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. That man tried to take take my he's trying to beat me up or something." And he makes Amaranth take the fall, and so Amaranth's a wanted man, hence all uh, the wanted posters. I and he kind of, when he confronts Zidane again, it's, he wants a rematch. And, of course, Amaranth's thing is, I want to fight the toughest. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, the only thing I can think is that it was to help support Zidane's character to show how much of his character development has gone and really emphasize the look. He's a lot more mature now. Yeah. But it just that, Armor, I... Armoran even, like, kind of does... A character development to a small degree where it's, he's like, I understand now the, why Zidane yeah. is so much better than me. Like, it's his friends or it's whatever. It's the only one that really was flat. Yeah. They really did not take care of his They should have put Beatrix in there. <laughs> it would have been so Even much Lanny better. Even Lanny had more character development. Yeah, that was believable. I know. I know. It was, it really did fall kind of flat. It was, to me... The story goes beyond that. Like, I feel like what was so strong about the story, just, that's just, it over, is completely overshadowed by the rest of everything. Yeah. I, I agree, but. He just bothered you that much. Well, no, <laughs> just sure. like all, all of the little holes that kind of bugged me a little bit brought me down to a nine out of 10. That's fair. I mean, still amazing, amazing story. But, like, there were, like, Armor, if Armorant's gonna be a a main, main character, character, a significant playable character, flesh out that story a little bit better. Integrate it with the rest of the group. I mean, you don't even get them until what, like... Halfway through. Yeah, I mean... I... He had, like, his one moment at Ibsen's castle, and it was not enough. Yeah, but Ibsen's castle as a whole was, like, irrelevant. Terrible. I mean, like, you you had to get the mirrors somehow, but, like, Armorant just randomly is like, well, I want to race. 
And it's like, okay. And he's like, well, th then after you race and like you get to the top, he's like, I'm just going to leave. And then he like falls and slips or something. How was he going to leave? I don't know. <laughs> he literally could not leave. They had one airship and it was in a, in like a canyon. <laughs> there was, he was going to I didn't die. Think about that. <laughs> That didn't even that cross my mind. That bothered me a lot. Every time I thought about it, I'm like, what an idiot. Right now, you're going to choose to pick this fight? You couldn't do it, I don't know, at Lindblom? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, that didn't even cross my mind. Yes, I understand. That bothers me, too. And normally, it bothers me when I have to go looking for information. But this game made me want to, like, know so Yeah, much no, more. that's that's very And true. there's so much information, and it's so complex that I can never remember all of it. I know. Which is kind of why the story is a little butchered in spots. Well, and this is where the replayability comes in. Because you want to replay it to kind of dig a little deeper. You know, to try... Now, you know, now that we've played it through once, if we weren't going to just, like, turn around and play another game next week um i would totally be like you know if i was just playing this casually i feel like i would have a desire to maybe play through it again a little bit quicker but like try and dig a little deeper for some of those small story segments yeah. that i otherwise missed i uh, yeah i don't know i i loved the story so much no i, I, I mean it is it's my understandably I want. I still want to know more. I I feel like too. I uh, this is one of the other points I wanted to bring up. There's a lot of stuff left unsaid that you kind of can fill in the blanks where I feel like it's okay. Cause like the more I thought about it, you know, the black mages were made of mist, but the mist is from the souls being siphoned through. So are they? Do they have siphoned souls? So they're people. But they're just in man-made bodies. Essentially, yeah. But, and I think and they that... call them golems throughout the game. And I was like, oh. <laughs> what do uh, they look like? Are they made from clay? I don't know. It it makes me wonder if the souls that... The, the black mages that became conscious, if maybe their souls were a little bit more concentrated or a little bit more... But again, it goes back to the speculation part. Like, you kind of have to fill in these holes by yourself and make, you know, assumptions based on what you're given. You don't know. It's not like they, you know, break down the science of how right. to make a black mage. You know, they, they, don't, they don't talk about it. So, yeah, I don't know. I liked to, because Terra and Gaia have... There was... It was failed, but it had merged. You've got... Places like, is uh, not, well, maybe Ibsen's Castle, but Oilvert, where it's clearly Terran. Like, yeah. It's clearly a place from Terra and stuff yeah. like that. It makes you wonder what places were. Well, also, the way that the planet itself is kind of desolate. Like, there's not a whole yeah. lot. Well, they say that they chose Gaia because it still was relatively new. So, you know, Terra has so much more advanced technology, they don't need mist to travel, mm. which was why, you know, it was such a big deal that they got off of mist, especially when the mist stopped. Um, it was important. So that Terra was more developed, and it purposely chose an underdeveloped planet. Well, they didn't realize until it was too late that Gaia even had souls yeah. on, on it anyway, which is why they failed, the merger failed. I don't know. So much information. I know. There's a lot going on there. In any case, I feel like, like I 
I personally could sit here all day. We could, and I yeah. don't want to make this we can move five on. hour. Yeah, we can move on. Podcast. So yeah, ten out of ten for me. All right, graphics. I gave it a ten out of ten. I gave it a nine out of ten. My biggest complaint, which should not be the only complaint, but um, the end scene. As amazing as it was when Zidane's on the vines, they chose to use his character model. Why? It's the one of the most important scenes in the game, and they chose to use his character model and not actually put him in the end scene. It makes no sense. Broke my heart. It makes no and sense. It's amazing. If you watch that thing, it's amazing how they did it. And they did really good considering they used his character model, but like it could have been so much better. It's such an epic part of the end and they use the character model on top of this pre-rendered fmv like if you watch it without his character model you'll see the spots where the dust kicks up where he falls and like kicks around and stuff like why didn't you put him in there I don't. It doesn't I feel make. Like it would take as much work to do it that way. They already had. They already had his character design built into the FMV engine. There's no reason why they couldn't animate that, other than time constraints. But even then, can you imagine how long it must have taken someone to animate the character model for all of those scenes? Like, I just. It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. The only other explanation is space on the disc. I thought about that too, because disc four is not long. But, but you've already got that exact same amount of information on the background of that sequence, like well, the vines that are that are you know all that is pre-generated stuff. So like, it's take out the character model and put in uh. It, it, it is one piece. There is nothing else. There's no... You know, it doesn't make any they sense. They cut off a lot of places that you cannot visit anymore in Discord. Yeah, I figured so, like, they cut out already a whole bunch. I, I yeah, don't but, know. I mean, we could talk about this one, too, all day. I It it, it made me very it makes, sad. Yeah, it makes sense. That, that piece makes sense. Because they don't want to have... At that point, you have an airship... Plus all of the FMVs that they have to no, yeah, I, squeeze onto yes. the disc. So like they have to cut certain areas so that like Ip- uh, not Ibsen's castle, the other place, oil. Oh, oil vert. Yeah. There's no reason to go back there other than maybe level grinding or maybe checking to see if you picked up something. But at that point it's your SOL. Like who cares? There's actually quite a bit of missable stuff that, if you miss it, is gone. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. But, um, graphics, this kind of just pertains to me, but they did amazing on the revamp version that I played. Mm -hmm. The character models were beautiful. They were so much more better, and they... It seemed like they fit into the background a lot better. It looked a lot better than Final Fantasy VIII. Yes. (laughs) But there were spots where they had cut out, like, like the layers. Like, if your character walks by some grass that is in front of them, it's so jaggedy and bad. Mm. Like... If they were already doing it, they just couldn't do it, right? I I, I don't know. And the, uh, the menu screen changed i, I do heard not about like that, that. I, heard I got about used that. to it but bah. i it was uh in chat mr rusty oh yeah 
he was um he was playing the PC port of the game and he was saying that there is a mod that people have made to put the menu back to the original menu so that like it looks yeah more it, like it's it's still like enhanced a little bit better but it looks more traditional so like you don't notice quite yeah. as much but, yeah um, that's that's too bad but i think that while the continents were very bare, like they kind of got by with it with the explanation of it's an underdeveloped planet, but the places that were uh, important, like were amazing. Mm -hmm. Like Ispin's Ca mm -hmm. Ispin's castle, like or even the desert palace with like all of the statues and the books and the, the artworks, even the chapel in Alexandria, even though it was broken down. I don't know. I just, a lot of the backgrounds were really good. Yeah. And I mean, there were a few backgrounds that like battle scenes yeah. where you go into a battle and you only fight there once. Like they made that entire scene for this one fight, which is pretty cool. Um, I have to say also that they have a ton of unique enemies. Yeah. Like, in previous games, you would fight kind of the same enemies, maybe reskinned a little bit. But this game, I c maybe one, one or two enemies that I noticed that were, like, just reskinned. That said, f like, all of Disc 1, pretty much everywhere you go, has the same, the same like, set. maybe... 30 enemies or 40 enemies but then you go to like disc 2 and then like you're on a different continent and they have a few but it's still like the same but then like you get to disc 4 where the mist comes back and then you've got stronger enemies. and then you have stronger enemies like everywhere but it's still like the same like set it's not you know yeah. there's there's like the one island that has the yawns or whatever yeah. they are oh they're a pain in the butt. I know. I, I, well, I'm going to talk about them soon. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's just, like, there's a lot of enemy variant, but, like, it's isolated to the disc. <laughs> yeah. I Maybe it's me excusing them, but, like, I appreciate that they explained it as in... These enemies are for this continent. Well, this is because there's mist everywhere now. Yeah, and no, this is... I get that. I get that. Um, but otherwise, like, I think, um, I think Kuja had the best character design. Yeah. Like, he's a very girly man. You know, I was thinking about this. He's got very sexy hips, is I guess all that I'm saying. <laughs> I was thinking about this. I, I beat the game today. Uh, you know, my usual. Um, <laughs> and I was looking at his character, and I thought, you know, the genomes in Terra wore... Their, their outfits were very different, but they were... Like they had no problem showing off their legs and stuff, and it was really hard to tell the boys from the girls. And I thought I can see why Kuja would be comfortable wearing what he was wearing. Yeah, why it would make sense for him to wear that. Like to us, all we see is a thong. I know. But when I thought about it more, I was like, this makes sense 
for Kuja, who came from this background, who's trying to fit in, but this is the norm for where he came from. And, you know, he's disguising his tail and he's disguising his hair with these feathers. And, like, it makes so much more sense now, the more yeah, I thought about yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. He just, like, regardless of the femininity to him, like, he has a really cool character Oh, you design. like his... I see. Like either way, like well, his yeah, no, I, his yeah. transform is phenomenal oh, yeah. as well. Like both, he just he his character design just looks cool. Like he looks like he just is awesome looking. All of the trance designs were yeah, really cool. Yeah, they were really cool. All in fact, I I tried playing more with all of my characters and kind of rounding them out. And I think it was the first time I saw Amaranth's trance. I was I was just gonna ask because I don't think I've seen it. It looks really cool. I'm gonna actually. have to look it up. It looks really cool. Um, I daggers is I don't know. Daggers is weird, I guess, to me. But Her I like... trance is really hard to load. Oh, have really? You, did you notice that in your game? Like. I think I only saw her trance maybe three times the whole game, oh, and I, I used her in the I used her the whole time. I my game, if you wanted to enable fast mode or save travel or uh, battle assistance, uh, you had to if you had to be in the pause menu and you had to hit one of the triggers. And I would pause my game all the time to go do stuff and would accidentally hit those buttons. I was constantly trancing in the middle of like a regular enemy fight and then my trance gauge would be all the way back down oh, yeah. <laughs> but i did see it quite a bit but not because <laughs> i wanted to um her design though is cool because she's got like designs actually on her legs it's it's hard to believe but like when she goes into a trance her clothes get tighter i know she, her butt is like super <laughs> her like butt. i was playing this game i was in a discord chat and i was like you know <laughs> they paid extra special attention to her butt <laughs> because know. each cheek had its own like glare. You knew how round this butt was. <laughs> it and was they so didn't, firm. They made no hesitation to show it off. They're but like, and, like she's every got a butt. every chance they could, it was and like her butt boom, was always butt. facing me. I know. And it was like I was. It was it's blinding. Like, it's not even like. <laughs> Not even like in um not even like the main game, like the battle sequence. I know. It's like the camera's like, here's the enemy, here's Dagger's butt, here's the enemy, here's the Dane, here's Dagger's butt. You know how like most of the time like they how it's very common for JRPGs to focus on women's chests. And yeah, how yeah. This was that button I, butt. I know. I could not in fact as a straight woman, I could not keep my eyes off her butt. I just could not stop staring at it. 90% of the battle sequence was her butt. <laughs> like, by the way, we carved out Dagger's butt. Right. It was just... Uh, it was so funny. But, I mean, at least we know from Zidane it's very soft. It's very soft, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Ten so, out of, I should have gave it a 10 out of 10 just for Dagger's butt. Uh, you should have. Yeah, I gave you it a 9 out of 10. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Aww. I did. I, my biggest pet peeve was that end sequence. That, that was disgusting. It, it is It is disgusting. It wasn't a deal breaker for me, but yeah, when I was watching it, I just, my mind was blown. Like, if you go back and you watch that, if you watch me watching that cutscene, I'm like, why isn't the whole thing a, 
pre-rendered. Yeah. Like this doesn't make any sense. Why are they using this character model instead? It it it, it literally makes no sense. I, I have no idea why they did that. I mean, it's so like different from the background. It's so bad. It, the color is completely like, even is if wrong. they did something to like smoothen it out. I, it's just weird. Anyway, gameplay. Ten. Nine. Yep. Yep. Um, I'll just go through my list here. Mm-hmm. Mostly why I liked it. Um, different ways to uh, so your your characters earn or learn their abilities through their armor, and you can have different things on like Devil Killer or Man Eater, and I liked that. I liked that you could really strategically go through, you know, like if you, if you realize your enemies are casting silence on you, you can go in and do that. And if you're going to be fighting a boss who is, well, this falls under the devil category. Cause like all of Memoria, you have to have like devil killer on and it deals this heavy duty. Da- I mean, I was doing nine 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 damage with just by attacking. Wow. And so, you know, it really kind of makes... You really got to look through and adjust your... And and you don't even have to. I'm sure you... I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) But I liked that I could, and it just kind of, like... It really benefits you. I don't know. I guess I'm just what I'm trying to say is I appreciate the system. Yeah. The battle system was really nice with the customization, And it's funny how not every character had the same abilities to learn. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have been able to find them all. I didn't. Uh, but to your point, like, if you fight a boss and you struggle and you lose and you go to refight it, you've already, like, realized what you've done wrong. Like, you know yeah. pretty quick what you've done wrong. So it's really easy to, like see the strategy formulating as you're fighting and as you're losing and then going back into it with, well, let's change up our abilities, our, um, our skills to match what the boss is going to be giving me. You know, I had a problem with stop a lot. Like for some reason, the enemies were constantly stopping my characters so I just started putting on the like locomotion, locomotion. or whatever it is, and and like it disappeared. Like yeah. I, had, I had no problems with it anymore. You are always having to adjust that depending on the situation you're in. So that's, but it's cool that you can. Or if you want to go into it with a specific strategy, like for me, I wasn't, I was, I didn't do the killer thing at all, mainly because I had no idea what the enemies were most of yeah. the time. So my my main goal was to have my HP as high as possible and to just let Zidane and Steiner do their thing, which was attack, just attack constantly. Then Vivi, I had the double reflect or the um, reflect times two. Plus I gave him auto reflect. So like he was just reflecting fire right at the enemies and it was nine, 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 nine every single time. And it was so, it made everything so much easier. Like the, all the fights were super smooth. Um, did you do the chocobo hot and cold? I did a little bit of it. I didn't play 
uh, nearly enough. I did it all. Did you? I did nice. it all. So, okay, a couple questions. Um, is there more than one Chocobo Forest? Yes. Okay, how do you well, unlock... Not a forest. Um, you have the Chocobo Forest, and then when you have dug up as many Chocobo gra- Chocographs as there is in the forest, you're able to upgrade your Choco to a different color, mm. so where he can travel in the water. And then you're able to go to the Chocobo's Lagoon, and then you kind of do the same thing where you unlock a new color, and then you can travel over mountains, and then you unlock Chocobo's Air Garden. Gotcha. And then you find Chocobo's Paradise. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's how you find um, a lot of the ultimate weapons, or a, pu- a bunch of them anyway. Yeah. It really is not difficult. It's just time-consuming, really. Yeah, but... that was the problem that I had, was doing the Chocobo hot and cold. Like, I would play for maybe a half hour, and I wouldn't even... I got, like, a quarter of a Chocograph. I'm like, okay, yeah, what's the point? That's to help you figure out the locations of the Air Garden. Mm. Um... Yeah, except isn't there a shadow? Yes, but the so shadow like, only the ap- it only pops up in those six areas, and oh. you you unlock the six. Like if it's not there, okay, we'll check this next location. I see. Um, I had the benefit of having the speed increase. Oh yeah, I suppose so. And that doesn't affect the timer, so I was getting them like that. Oh man, you could probably get like what, like nine or ten. They max you out at eight, and they make you stop. Ah. Um. But you, it would unlock, you know, your, your beak level would go up and things would get easier and you'd get more points. And I was able to get a second robe of the Lords. Oh yeah. Uh, which was I nice. never even got one. You probably, well, maybe not. I don't know. Did no. you do the Stelazio stuff? The coins? Did you collect? No, you probably didn't. I think you missed a whole bunch. Oh yeah. No, I got, I got maybe half. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, but I didn't need it. Well, no. Are there any super bosses in this game? Yes, there's one at the end. Uh, I didn't do that actually. Um, if you can make it to Chocobo's Air Garden, there's an optional super boss called Ozma, and he is this big marble, <laughs> and the bottom half is darker than the top half, and he does a combination of holy and dark shadow magic, and it's it's pretty difficult. Um, if you unless you have like the right armor on, but right. yeah. That's that's one of them. There's also Hades at the end of Memoria. Did you fight Hades? He's kind of hidden in the water section of Memoria. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he's the second one. I think that's it, though. I don't know any other hmm. optional big bosses. There's no Omega? No. Interesting. Um... Yeah, the the Chocobo Hot and Cold. I I did it for a little while. I would do it for a little while. I got the one Chocograph. I went and got that one Chocograph. And then I did it again to try and get more Chocographs. And I got like a quarter piece. And I'm like, this is is dumb. I'm not going to do this. So then I just stopped. But I I wanted to do more. I just didn't want to sit and spend the time doing it. To get the game. Yeah, and that, that is part of it. Like, I was trying to crunch it into a month and so yeah 
I yeah. liked the concept of trying to find where each chocograph was, but because I was sparse on time, like by my second half, I was kind of starting to look up a few of them. I was like, I don't have enough time to be. Yeah, I would have had more fun if they'd just given me all the chocographs yeah. and been like, okay, have fun. Oh, you know, I, I, that would have been awesome. I liked digging them up. I could do it while I was like watching TV or mm, something. Yeah. But yeah, I also had the benefit of uh, <laughs> the time yeah. thing. That's amazing. So yeah, um, bad stuff for gameplay. Um, snort. The one, the one enemy that does snort. There's like three. Really? Yes. Which ones besides the yans? Uh, the yans was a major one. Um, the turtle guys, the big, like the big like tortoises, the Adam and toises. Um, I don't even think I ran into. Yeah, them. I think so. Um, and then. The, uh, the hide not the Hydra. What's, what's that? Oh, the, like, plant dinosaur? The, like, three-headed... Yeah. It's the, ty- the tyrant? It's the, it's the three-headed, like, dragon at the end of the game. They, oh, time it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one. He had, he had a move, too, that would knock oh, characters out. I didn't know that. I didn't, I don't even think I ran, I think... I ran it. I mean, you run into the Yans on the one island. But yeah. Well, it's just. I mean, gameplay though. It's right, but when you're running into those enemies, it's such a cheap thing. It's so annoying. <laughs> it was so frustrating because, like the Yans, like I could kill them. I could kill them. But I couldn't kill them because they wouldn't wipe out my whole party before I had a chance. Yeah. I could maybe kill one. Of two, but like, that's it. Like, I didn't have a chance. And the game is like, oh, I looked up on online. I looked up how to kill them, and it's like, well, you if you have um, reflect on, so they can't use float. That helps minimize your chance of getting s- sneezed Snorted. on. <laughs> And so I'm like, okay, no problem, reflect. And they would, they would like constantly reflect, reflect, or they would, they would use yeah. float. And then out of nowhere, all of them would start doing snort. And it was like 100% effective every single time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) And then if all of your characters get snorted away, you get annihilated. Yeah. What? I don't think that my one characters, is right, though, yeah. My characters are just, like, sleeping on the... Like, <laughs> on the sitting, on, sitting on the sideline, like, them. watching. Like, so dumb. I was... It just... It was so infuriating. I had the hardest time with being frozen and being mustard-bombed. Where you would overheat, basically. It's the, what the body temp was for. I never had that, ever. Not once was <laughs> I, I overheating. I always have it problems. One of the guys, um, when you go with Quinna to fight, uh, whatever his name is. The Earth Shrine. He uses Mustard Bomb on you. (laughs) And Necron, the final boss, he does a move called Grand Cross, and it has potential to do any status effect to your characters. And one of the, (laughs) almost always someone has overheated. (laughs) Always overheating. Is it just where they, like, turn red? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Berserk. No, no, I mean, Berserk, they would just start attacking. Yeah, but don't they turn red when they're Berserked? Yeah. Oh. But this is, like, they, 
they turn like yellowy, I guess, maybe oh, instead. Yeah, no, I... You hear it sounds like bees <laughs> over oh, their head. No idea. No idea. Oh. Maybe I had it and I just didn't notice. I mean, it doesn't happen enough, but like, did you get frozen and yeah, I, destroyed I, a few times? Yeah, I did get frozen. <laughs> um, there, I feel like that the encounter rate was way too high in a bunch of areas. There was, there was a point where, well, I can't remember where it was, but it was like every two steps, and I was about ready to throw my controller because I was so. I didn't notice it. it as much this game, but I want to say, and this is just my my own personal thing, they seem higher when you're doing puzzle levels, and it's so frustrating getting interrupted. That's what it was. It was the... Um, was it the Gargant stuff? No, it was... Pandemonium? The, probably. the cat. you had to do the lights? The, like, level... The like yeah. the like platform thing, because I was going back and forth changing the platform to figure that out, and I was like one step away from getting it, and the game's like, you know, we can help you with that, and I'm like, screw you, game! Like I've already got this. You know, it's funny. I remember that having the enemy encounter. I swear to you, I did not encounter almost any. In fact, I thought I was going to level my characters a lot during my run through. I don't, I think maybe my characters leveled like twice, maybe, <laughs> through all of Memoria. Yeah. In fact, I had to level up Zidane once just so his his uh, level wasn't a multiple of five because he's level five death. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. But yeah. I noticed that I was at level 60. Yeah. And I noticed that the regular enemies was doing. Uh, level five death, and so Zidane kept dying. Yeah, my. But then, like after after a little bit, he just like leveled up to sixty one, and I didn't have Is any that problems after that. Sixty one. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. Kuja's castle. Kuja's palace. The desert palace. <laughs> that puzzle was so infuriating. Trying to get and the, like are you I about swear. The shadows? The shadows, well, kind of. So, like, so like, I had the shadows right away, and I got the bridge to go up. But I got up there, and I couldn't do anything. Well, it turned out that I missed a whole bunch of um, candelabras in the main, like, circle room. Candelabras? Yeah. That's what they're called? I had no idea. <laughs> it sounds like a move. Candelabra. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Sorry. It's okay. So anyway, um, you light them all in that like center hallway, the like spiral yeah. hallway. You have to like once um, you light all of those, then you can go to the top. But I didn't notice this. So I'm like, I'm going up there and I'm I'm going back down, and the game is even like showing me a, a candlestick that's like not lit. So I'm like, well, how do I get there? Well, you have to move the bookcases. I had already moved the bookcases down, and I swear, I tried to move them back up several times, and the game wouldn't let me do it. And then magically, I walked over, and the game let me do it. I'm like, why? So once I finally got all that straightened out, and that was another place with a super high encounter rate. Once I finally got all that straightened out, then I was able to move on, and it was okay. But I, 
I thought maybe I was doing the, like, the shadow thing wrong, so I tried, like, every possible combination of the shadow thing, like, twice, before I'm like, okay, the the rainbow staircase is the way to go, I just gotta figure out something else, but that was, that was infuriating, on top of the high encounter rate, so I was just like, I was stressed out, I was just done, I didn't want, I didn't want it anymore, (laughs) um, also, there was very little exploration outside of the main story. Like, I feel like most Final Fantasy games, it's like, aside from Q's Marsh, which is all pretty much optional, there is no major, like, optional side only dungeon. One. It's not even a dungeon. It's a dagger arrow. Dagger. It's it's a place on the forgotten continent, um, where you there's like an extra synthesis shop in there <laughs> and like some stuff that you can't normally find anywhere else. Yeah, um, that's where you could have found out your thief rank and stuff. Well, you can find out your thief rank somewhere else too. I found out, but hmm. uh, yeah, there was like one place that you didn't need to go that was kind of optional. Um. I, knowing how big this game is, I can see why, but it still is kind of like... Throw in an extra dungeon here and there. Even if it's just like... Again, I want to compare to Final Fantasy VII. It's not fair, but it's a Final Fantasy game. Like, have this like obscure cave... In the middle of nowhere, no way to really get to it until you have everything perfectly aligned. That will drive people crazy to figure out how to get things perfectly aligned to go into that cave. Yeah. You know, just a little something. And, like, other games had um, underwater exploration mm-hmm. where, like, you had an extra cave or, like, you... Like, there was a f- one of the Final Fantasy games, I want to say it was five, but I, I don't remember, where you could go under the water... And you could go and do like a um, a cave to get Odin. And it was like this special thing, but like, how do you get Alexandria in this game? Alexander? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I don't think you can. Really? Yeah. Because there's an empty spot underneath Bahamut, and I thought that it's you arc. could. Oh. You you get two puma pumice pieces, um, and when you defeat Hades, you're able to synthesize them. Actually, I think you get a pumice piece from Ozma too, and that will let you learn arc. Mm. Yeah, the the thing that you fight in uh uh where you're getting the Glug Stone, uh, that's arc. Uh, you're summon. Really. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a big ship. ship. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I wish Alexander was in this. I mean, I understand why it's not. The way yeah, it is, I know, but, but it's it's cool. I, I One of my favorite summons in this is, I, I don't know why, I really like Leviathan in this. Leviathan's pretty cool. I use that one a lot. I really like Bahamut just because Bahamut. Yeah, um, yeah this Bahamut's pretty cool, too. Yeah, it is. Um I felt like Dagger was weak. She did not have full life. She didn't have, I think, Dispel. There were things that Ico had that Dagger didn't. Yeah, which made sense. But (laughs) I, my past games, I always had Zidane, Dagger, 
Itko and Vivi. But this time I had Zidane, Dagger, Steiner, and Vivi. That was my party, too. Yeah. And it felt... It was so much easier. I always did things the hard way. Steiner's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, he, he lives like, and can't have you damaged. I felt like Dagger just brought me down. Like, her attack was terrible. Oh, I didn't have her, a problem with her attack. Her magic stats were terrible. Like, every time, every time she would... I would summon, it was like a thousand at best. Yeah. And she I'm like, was, why? Why am I wasting my time with she this? She was always my designated healer because she really was not Yeah, the best. but like, I didn't even feel like I needed to heal all that often, especially yeah. when you have auto-region on. Oh. Like, auto-region, honestly, final fight, he would do like that, that cross move, the final the grand cross. Grand yeah. cross it would, like, get all of my characters down to, like, maybe a 1,000 HP when most of them have, like, four, three, four, yeah. five thousand. A thousand is pretty low. But by the time he gets to attack You've again, all my characters are already back up to full health. So, like, I had no reason to cast Cure, Curaga, yeah. anything. I like, always... Dagger was completely useless other than the occasional Bahamut that did a thousand. Yeah, she... Was just in my party because I liked her character. I honestly, she was in my party because I like to use summons. She was in your party because you like to look at her butt. I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Them hips don't lie. <laughs> um, no, I think that's most of my points here. Oh, narrow path walking. You didn't have any problems Narrow with... Narrow path. Oh. So, like, if you're walking on a bridge and it, like, curves a bunch of times, like, S-curves... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And you're, about. Wa you're trying to walk straight, but, like, you're trying to walk the curve, you just, like, are walking against the wall. So you're walking extremely slow, and you're bound to hit a higher encounter rate when you're walking slower. And it drove me crazy. I only... I didn't notice it a whole lot because I had fast forward, I think. But womp, I only womp. really noticed how bad it was in Memoria. Yeah, Memoria is really, really bad because it's like a big hallway. Uh, but yeah. It didn't happen a whole lot. But like there were a couple dungeons where you had narrow pathways that yeah. snaked a little bit. And as you're trying to snake through them, you're like running into the wall and you're just slow. Ugh. Ugh. But okay, so... Gameplay isn't bad. The battle system's good. It's I think the battle system's terribly slow. Um, again, you didn't have that problem. But that's my that's my yeah. big complaint of the battle system. Otherwise, the battle system's fun and it keeps you engaged. It keeps you thinking, and you're always strategizing and changing strategy. That's that's a good plus. Um, the the random encounter rate far too high in a lot of the areas especially if you're doing a lot of walking and i kind of noticed that there are spots that it's like like the kuja thing when you're when you're doing that errand for them yeah where you're going to get that yeah. gola gola stone, <laughs> the gola gola stone. <laughs> and like you run through that hallway with the big like ogres you run through that like to to get to the airship and you're fighting all the, the and then you got to run back and then you got to run yeah, back and then you got to run back about. and it's like oh, you're they made this like one track a little bit longer just to make you fight a couple more times like i hated it i was so mad but you know 
it's funny because you have to have that balance. Kuja's like, good. <laughs> I know. Good. <laughs> it's funny because you have to have that balance of the, the encounter rate in order to stay with the game's difficulty level. It does seem like there's a certain point where, like, the level spikes. And, like, your character's yeah. like, whoa, I need to level grind a little bit more. I noticed that when I got to... Um, the place that I died the first time. Gizm Luke's Grotto? Yes. That was the first time that I died. Me too. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm underleveled. So then you spend a bunch of time in level grind and you're fine. And I think I had to do that maybe like twice where it, the other one was the Earth Cave. The Earth mm-hmm. um, Shrine. Where, like, I just felt underleveled. Like, I kind of was feeling underleveled yeah. leading up to it. And I'm like, okay, we died pretty quick. We need to just yeah. spend some time, level grind for the end game stuff, and then go back into it. And then, like, we got through Terra, and I had a couple more days before I really needed to beat the game. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend one of those days to just level grind for the the yeah. stream and then go into fight Kuja at, and then finish it off. But otherwise, I mean, I felt like I was okay level wise throughout the majority of the game. There was just a few spots that it was like, Ugh, I could use yeah. a little boost. I didn't level grind so much as I ability grind. Yeah, I had that too. Um, but you know, there's a lot of friendly monsters that you fight, and if you give them what you want, you get like 20 AP. How do you get a moonstone? Um, if chocobo chocobo quests, one of those. Um, also, if you find the friendly monsters in order, I think they give you the the gem you need for the next one. So if you do them in 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 consecutive order, I think I missed. I must have missed one because it was like I was doing them just fine, and they kept saying they would announce the next one you're supposed to find, and I I did the squirrel, the ladybug, the ghost. Did you do the yeti? No, and that that was supposed to be the next one, but then I saw the like the stingray guy. Oh, you, so you didn't even do the nymph? No. Yeah, the 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 feather circle. That's what he's called, the stingray guy. Oh, he's um, cute. Yeah, I like I like his, his yeah, design. Yeah, he's really cute. Yeah, so you missed two, and then you probably missed the Yan, the friendly Yan. Oh yeah. Um, but they give your character twenty, uh, some more. Some yeah. of them, like the farther you get, the more they give. Um, so I would just equip a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be leveled up, and put ability ability up ability on, up. and I. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I felt I felt so in control, just setting all of my abilities up and just really manipulating everything in my favor. What was cool is I knew. Like, I could tell we were going into the final boss fight. You have all these high-level magics? Well, no, it was more of a, like, okay, unequip level up, yeah. unequip ability up, let's equip, like, the best of the best. Auto reach. And, yeah, Auto like, <laughs> I killed it first try. Like, I had yeah. no problems. Like, honestly, from entering um, the Memoro... Memoria. Memoria. The Memoronis. The Memoronis. <laughs> Entering the Memberonis. <laughs> so, yeah, entering that place from that point on, I didn't have any problems. Like, I didn't die at all. Honestly, the entire game, I really didn't die at I all. I died 
It's such mundane things. And yeah. I think it's because I wasn't paying attention. I was just level grinding. Especially when you have that fast, pa- that faster yeah. speed. If you're not paying attention, you it, it's very easy to just get... Well, and, like, pl- enemies that have level 5 death. Like, you can avoid the instant death stuff, but, you know, it's taking up so much... Uh, because you have so many points you can use to slot what ability you want to have equipped to your character. So you don't always have the instant death. I don't even know what it uses. Maybe it's an armor. I don't know. But preventing instant death. It's hard. So when you're not paying attention, all of a sudden I look down, annihilated. What? That must have been why Steiner stayed alive. So when I was fighting the that dragon, I can't remember the name. Tymant? Tymant? Yeah. Like, as soon as we encountered the battle, it did some move. You're talking about the boss, right? Yeah, the okay. boss. Yep. It did some move where, like, all of my characters died, yes. like, right away. Steiner was the only one that didn't die. I don't know what happened. I don't even know what the move was. Just, like, all of a sudden, all my characters were dead, and I'm like, well... I, I'm redoing this. Steiner stayed alive and was able to revive everyone back up, and I was back up to full health in like, it seemed like 20 rounds oh, <laughs> it took yeah. me to get back. But then, like, I was uh, back You're up fine. to full health and I just wiped him clean, yeah. and it was n- no big deal. Did you know that um, that monster and Bahamut are rivals? And Bahamut's the male version, and Tiamat is the female. I think I've heard something well, similar. Because you saying it is like, oh yeah, that does spark. Yeah, memory. it's it's because that they play on that in almost every Final Fantasy. They play on this like epic battle between the two. Oh. I wish that summoning Bahamut struck some sort of dialogue or specialty yeah. thing yeah, or something. Really cool. But yeah, you don't nothing. <laughs> I did like summon Bahamut though every round just just for because, the fun of it. Yeah. yeah. All right, I think we've killed gameplay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Music. This will go quick. It was amazing. 10 out of 10. That's that's legit what I have written. <laughs> I legit have music. 10 out of 10. Just amazing. <laughs> that's they all I have. have. Okay, the opening uh, like movie to like the start menu, that song is used a few different times. Like that melody. Mm-hmm. In different ways, and all of them are amazing. All of them. It's <laughs> every every Final Fantasy game has a melody that they toy with in different styles throughout the game. And Final Fantasy IX's obviously very iconic. And they don't even like you know the like memories of life or whatever the, yeah, the, the like theme life. theme song. They play with that one too a little bit, but like. Oh, yeah, like the overworld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and in other places, too. They tweak it and throw it in. But, yeah, that Final Fantasy IX melody is very iconic. And, like, as soon as you hear it, you're like, this is Final Fantasy IX. There's there's the four medallions. There's the four mirrors. I think the song is called the four medallions. There's a song that plays when your party after it gets Amaranth back is outside and they talk about look and they're looking at the mirrors and stuff. It plays for like two seconds. I love that song. It's <laughs> so cool and it only gets like two minutes max probably. But then there's also a Terran version of it that I love. It's just 
Mwah. <laughs> Kuja's battle yeah, theme. Yeah, that's really good too. Is or phenomenal. Beatrix's music. Yeah, I love Beatrix's theme. The Festival too. of the Hunt is really good. Even like the mundane ones, it's just it fits the atmosphere really good. Yeah, oh yeah. I love the sound effects of the water and like their shoes on the stone. Yeah, <laughs> I just it's it's, it's good, ugh. but it's not like overpowering. Yeah, yeah. It my true ASMR. <laughs> In fact, when I was little, this is embarrassing, <laughs> I would go to certain places and just let that music sit in the background and just be like, ah. <laughs> no, I totally get it. Yeah. I completely understand. Beautiful. Everything was beautiful. If I could... <sighs> the final fight with Necron, yeah. that battle music yeah, was, was lame compared to Kuja's fight. Kuja's fight was just like... Metal. Yeah. It was just amazing. It, it very powerful and very Kuja. Yeah. Even yeah. his regular music. The it's just. I didn't like the overworld music at the very end when there's mist everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of it. Well, it's supposed it to be this sense. like ominous, like um, ooh. But I think because and this is something that has stemmed from the past. I would play so much on fourth disc doing other things like that's all i would hear especially if i was trying to finish up choco stuff yeah just bomb 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 <laughs> wolf and then the chocobo theme yeah the ukulele <laughs> I, I heard somewhere <laughs> that production happened a lot I, I, pardon me if this is incorrect but i want to say production was happening a lot in Hawaii or was like taking influences from Hawaii. Mm. And that's w one of the main reasons why it's kind of like, there's that feel to it. You know, what's funny. I'm just now thinking about this. When you said Hawaii, there's like no volcano. There's a volcano dungeon. Well, there's no dungeon, but there's uh, like no fire dungeon. Like there's an ice cave. There's like a, well, uh, there is a volcano, you but go like through Mount Glug, which is the volcano, but there is no fire. You're right. <laughs> Mount Glug. Gullah Gullah. I didn't. I didn't even go through that dungeon. You should have. I well, I did, but like I literally walked to the well and went straight down and was like, "Oh, here we are." Oh, well, like I didn't walk you through. You didn't go get the other the, the extra. I didn't stuff. realize there was anything else there. And before I know it, I'm fighting, you know, the yeah. Zorn and Thorn, and I'm like, I guess I'm done. The thing <laughs> I I didn't mention this earlier. Um, I read somewhere where someone was kind of connecting. Um, I can't remember where exactly I, I saw it, but um, how they kind of resemble both Terra and Gaia's moon. And so when they fuse together, it's just this kind of like, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like parallel yeah. to that. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, but, it, and it kind of like when they repeat each other's sentences, it's like, it's kind of the same, but kind of not. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was like, you know, that is really interesting. No, I, I can totally see that. Um, I their music. The gesture I wasn't of the moon. Crazy about their music, but it song. fits so well. I love that song, the Black Mage Village song. Oh, oh yeah. I love that song too. Uh, ten out of ten. I mean, yeah. I can't. I have no. There's only one song I hated, and it's Quinnas. Really? Cues Marsh. 
I the when you're Q's, doing the frogs, when you're doing the frog, dun, 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 that's I love that really? song. Yes, <laughs> I love that song. Set that as your ringtone every time you call me. That song, I don't really like the Q's Marsh song where it's maybe like maybe that's why I just hate it because it, of that. At the very end of the Q's Marsh song, it like picks up and it changes a little bit. I like that portion of it, but it takes so long to get there. Yeah. Boom, 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 yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, Beep, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Like, ugh. But yeah, Quinna's, Quinna's theme is great. That's funny. Freya's theme is great. Yeah, all of the Bermuda Zidane's stuff. theme. Yeah. When Zidane's, like, going through his, like, emo phase. Oh, you're not alone. That's my favorite that song. That song is so they good. They played that at Distant Worlds, and I'm not joking, I wanted to cry. Just because it was like, oh, yeah. I, I totally and, get it. You know, if I'm not connecting with the game while that whole scene is just like wow that's so emo but when you're really involved with the game it's like oh my gosh he's going through so much right now (laughs) i know i know but yeah that music is amazing that's one of my favorite songs is that the only place that it plays yeah yeah i kind of thought so you're not alone Hmm. The whole, you know, I know place to call home. Going back to the theme of the the entire game. This game was so wholesome. A good place to do our overall. Wholesome. (laughs) It's just so wholesome. I gave it a ten out of ten for my overall. I just, I, I really, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I didn't want the game to end, and that literally sums it up. Like, when I finished the game, I was just kind of like, I, I was happy because, you know, we did it, I did it in time, and I beat the boss, so that's that's exciting alone, but like, oh, it's it's over. Yeah. You know, like, I'm done. I, I, I'm not going to be in this world anymore, and there's nothing left for me. Like, I could go back and do a bunch of side quests or whatever, but like... It's not... It's not the yeah. same. There, there's no more progression. It's, this is it. So, you know, when a game makes you feel that way, the game did, did something right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I like, really... It makes me feel like poo, but, like, that's a sign that the game did it well. A, a lot of places I realized rank this game so high. I feel like it's not talked about as much. It is definitely a little more obscure than it's the rest of just, them. I think it's just great. And I've run into people who say, like, eh, I didn't like it. But it's just, like, I don't know. It really, it goes back to a lot of the core Final Fantasy stuff. It's got that medievalness to it. I don't know. It just is special in my heart. It's it's definitely, technically, the best game up to this point. Like, every Final Fantasy game before it is nothing. I mean, it's nothing compared to Final yeah. Fantasy IX. I, I'm not going to speak for the future games, because we haven't sat down and we haven't reviewed them, but by far, Final Fantasy IX is the best of everything that's come before. The character development is so strong. The music is just phenomenal. Yeah, we've given tens in, you know, story and music in the previous games, but the the quality in this one is just yeah. it, it's like there's no comparison. Like it's just it's phenomenal. It, it just goes to show you that Square has honed their skills 
from, you know, the humble beginnings of the NES era and building up, like, by Final Fantasy IX, they've kind of summed up everything that Final Fantasy was up to that point and just threw it into one game and just made it really, really solid. And I saw that. It, like, even as far as, like, the... um the throw all the throwbacks to the previous yeah. games you know all of that just was so good it was so i don't know it it's was even more they have a star wars quote in there there's a lot of shakespeare in it and it's just yeah they put just so, much. so much work into this game yeah and you know I, I just I couldn't have asked for anything better. It was it was it was phenomenal. It really Chef's was a kiss. great game, great Perfect. game. Ah, <sighs> I'm so sad. It's over. Yeah, I know. I we'll, know. we'll have to review it again in another five years, just to be safe. Or ten. <laughs> How about nine years? <laughs> nine years. There you go. <laughs> oh, guys. Well, what? What's your what was your end score? Forty nine out of fifty. I had a forty eight out of fifty. That's so that's good. a nine point seven out of ten. Very good score. Well deserved. Um, I can't remember for sure, but I think that might be our highest Final Fantasy score so far. Maybe, yeah. Uh, it might be it, between that or seven. Seven was really high too. I think it might have been maybe the same. Maybe it tied with seven. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've already said it all. Good game. You get it. Um, so our next game we're going to be playing is Pokemon Snap and hopefully that will be ready, um, by June 1st. And then after that, we're thinking of doing Resident Evil and then we're going to be playing another RPG. May or may not be Final Fantasy X. We have a lot of RPGs that we could choose from. Uh, we've been throwing around so many different options. Chrono Trigger, Valkyrie Profile, Archeneleco 2, uh, just to name a few. I mean, obviously, we love RPGs, and I'm sure you guys do too. So, um, you know, stick around if you want to hear more from us of these awesome games. If you don't know already, we have played every Final Fantasy up to Final Fantasy IX now. Uh, that also includes Final Fantasy 15. So if you guys want to check out any of those podcast episodes, you can go to zapnight.com where you can see everything we've done before. And you can also get updates there of what else we're working on. Um, all of the archived Let's Play videos, if you guys are at all interested, are over on the Zap Night Plays YouTube channel. Uh, there's only like six followers over there, but like it's a great place to archive everything without it being on our main YouTube channel. Uh, but if you're at all curious of my thoughts of the game as I'm playing it, you can check that out. I am missing part one though because stupid Danny deleted it, so <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we are going to be st streaming um, Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap um, on twitch starting monday so if you guys are at all interested check us out over there and uh yeah anything else kaylee nope all right guys thank you all so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time
Oh my gosh, how long is that? It's one. One o'clock in the morning? This has been like four hours. Holy crap. Yeah, four hours.